This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone, sir, if you could please introduce yourself. What's up everybody, it's Yogi here, aka Jonathan, I said that backwards, but... (laughs) It the works. world is backwards though <laughs> yogi you're you're here it's been so long you're usually on here for the dc stuff you're here for marvel and not even you know the marvel that we're used to but a much bigger uh kind of film that not even the audience seems to be agreeing on so everything is topsy-turvy in this recording in this review uh we can only be talking about one thing and that is marvel's eternals um, the second MCU film took or third, right? Black Widow came out uh, this year. Yeah, Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals. Golly, talk about different films, right? Like three completely different. <laughs> one of the that's one of the best things about the MCU or superhero yeah. stories in general. It's like so many different genres under the umbrella. Exactly, and when it came to this one, there was a lot of people trying to figure out what this was going to be about. Uh, the Eternals are comic book characters of some renown, but if you haven't been deep diving into the kind of subject matter that they deal with, I could see a lot of people coming in this a bit blind. Um, did you yourself have any background with the Eternals? What do, yeah. um, what, yeah. what, 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 what's your take on them? Like if you had to give somebody a one-on-one real quick. I, if the way I would explain it to somebody is like, uh, the celestials are gods that interfered with fucking normal evolution and fucking uh, did experiments with the species around the universe. Uh, but as we see, the MCU kind of remixed it a little, yeah. as they as they known to do. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, that's that's how I see them. The celestials are gods that fucking experiment with species and then just kind of fucking sit back and watch that shit happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. I, oh. I I didn't know much about them besides that fact, and I believe that there was a um, storyline where they had to find one another. The, some of them forgot that they were actually Eternals. That's um, the only story I've read. It's the right. Neil Gaiman Eternals. Yeah, and that's like that shaped how I see the Eternals. It's like similar. The movie hit on some of those themes too. Like some like uh, so one of the things they did with Sprite. We'll talk about it. That I kind of saw coming because of the Neil Gaiman book. But, okay, but overall they they uh, they pretty much pull from. <laughs> I was gonna say all the Eternals content, but it's not like there's so much. You know? Right, right. Um, you and we were seeing that more and more now, where people are picking up comic book properties that may not be exactly dense and trying to. Um, I guess, introduce it to a whole new fan base. 
one of the words people use for this film is dense. Um, before we get into full spoilers, one of the big pieces of news to come out of this is this is technically the lowest rated MCU film on both Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, which got a lot of people nervous, got a lot of people bugging out about uh, where this sits in the pantheon of superhero television. I mean, the MCU has dominated things for over 10 years at this point. And even though like the lowest rated MCU film still has to be like a C, right? Like it still has yeah. to be. And yeah. I'm not saying that's what this is, but I'm saying even in the scope of, you know, their it, films. It, in the general, like the general consensus is like what? Iron Man 2 is yeah. like the worst movie. Yeah, people say Thor and Thor Incredible Dark Hulk. World, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Incredible Hulk out of those three. When we went to do, um, which was worse, I think we did Dark World against Incredible Hulk or Thor versus Incredible Hulk because they were the two lowest uh, on the Rotten Tomato score, which is an aggregator know. and, you know, it's all ag- I was just saying, I don't even know if uh, if I feel like if, if they're bad movies, though, in general. Right. And the lowest of diamonds, right? The lowest yeah. the lowest class of diamonds is still a diamond. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so there's a bit of that. To, there's a bit of that to this. Um, I myself has have scoured, you know, looking for opinions um, in groups and Reddit and stuff like that. And I've heard this is literally split down uh, the fandom of superhero movies. Why do you think that is without spoilers? Why do you think people are having such a hard time um, coming in on one side or the other with this film? I said it when I when they hired Chloe Zhao. I said, I, I, like, I said, I've been saying it. In, we have like a group chat. And I've been saying it since before, way before this movie came out. I yeah. said, it looks like this is gonna be too, too much cinema for MCU fans and too MCU for cinema fans. It's yeah. not. It's gonna be this weird medium, and it's not gonna satisfy either side. And that's really what I'm seeing with yeah. the critics and the fan and the and even the MCU fans because I'm hearing it from like diehard MCU fans who are like, oh, I, I, I like I posted a positive review and I'm like, oh, I disagree or whatever. I'm like, oh, I, you of all people, really? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can't believe it. I, I, um, the MCU is such a buffet, and I, I guess this is just one of the plates or one of the meals that people are not getting second helpings of. Um, Another thing I hear people say is like, this is long, but as part of this job, I often have to binge series. (laughs) You understand? So when you got, when you're sitting down for a 10 hour, let's say Titans binge, or we're doing why the last man soon, um, this in comparison, it goes by in a clip. And um, I never found myself like, oh, come on, you know, hurry it up. Um, I, yeah. So I, I don't agree with, those who had an issue with it but even and i do this with all all the stuff we review here i remember when i reviewed bird to prey i just didn't have any affection for it <laughs> like, like, like i had nothing for it and people were coming out and saying oh you know it wasn't that bad and i was like what are you like what are you looking at i do want to see you know what the consensus sees and what the consensus feels but I'm not gonna lie, going in with everything that I had heard, the standards were real low for me. I was looking at this like to me, its success was not being in humans. That that's what it was to me. <laughs> another I, big concept, right? Another big concept, um, another like almost like royal family above them all that you have to introduce and get people to dig. There's no characters in Inhumans I dug. 
you, I look at Iron Fist, right? Same thing. Like Iron Fist is just that's torture. Like to go it sucks that. too because if you read the comics, there's a lot of likable characters in these properties, man. A hundred percent. Not able whereas, to translate that shit. Whereas the Eternals don't have much to stand on, which I guess is what got me angrier with some of the failed stuff that Marvel's done because it it the bad Marvel can be really bad if you know unchecked, and I don't think this is that. Um, I I was I was I didn't go in with a low expectation because, like I said. I predicted what the problem would be. So yeah. I, and I already kind of knew like, like I, the fucking MCU is like all Kevin Feige, right? It's all the fucking, it's all Kevin Feige story. It's not like we're getting different stories. Like, Oh my God, is this story going to be good? How's it going to connect? It, it's all coming from the same fucking mind. So yeah. it's like, I was not concerned because I know overall, like the Eternals exists for so long in uh in the marvel lore that this is gonna be the movie to show us all of marvel fucking creation and i'm like excited for the lore like this is gonna be great for eternals that's great and and if you watch the movie it's very standalone it doesn't yeah it doesn't have to call out for anything but it's still everything that happens still leaves massive implications for everything else and it's like Huge. i knew that we would be getting something like this because of the nature of the characters and how they exist in the comics. So I was excited for that stuff. And then when they hired Chloe Zhao, I was like, oh, so they're going to make it really pretty and arty. And, yeah. and and I was like, okay, so that's going to be cool. But I knew immediately, like, oh, I don't know how that's going to sit with the fan base. It's going gonna, it's gonna to ruffle both sides. And it came out, I'm like, almost, I feel bad, but I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Um, so, you, you know, you are a family man. Is this something you can take the little ones to go see? Do you think that they, they can if, grasp the uh, concepts in something like this? I think I think they're by this point. What is it? 27, 26 movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They're they're already 26. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're already attacked. If they're like MCU fans, like if you've had if they've watched every movie. And, yeah. And you don't just randomly take them to the movies, then absolutely because they're gonna want to see this stuff i feel like if you just got like a six-year-old and <laughs> you want to yeah. take them to the movies and so they can see the latest superhero film it's like this is probably not going to be the one yeah for that is very dense uh, <laughs> once the two start banging different... in the cave you're like you know maybe this yeah. is not the film for it's, it, it, I mean, it's not even that because like that that was like uh, it wasn't like so it wasn't like like dirty porn it was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're they're kid like if you're a kid they're kissing they they, they didn't have even no move. shirts on they didn't even like no, they really did. move. <laughs> <laughs> we're just laying on top of each other <laughs> this is the mcu's first sex scene and i was like they did it for the sake of doing a sex scene because i get i can i can see okay well i want them to be intimate and i want right. the audience to know that they're intimate and yeah. they know each other intimately and it's like right. i i get it but it's like it was it was unnecessary but it wasn't like over the top it wasn't like i, I don't need it unnecessary it was just like i get the point but like you totally did that just to do it yeah <laughs> like, do you think aramesh is watching that as well <laughs> absolutely 100 percent. he's like oh <laughs> they do that interesting I'm gonna and, and i never gave them off. genitalia that's, intre- that's interesting that's <laughs> where did they get that they're from? just rubbing their crotches against wow. each other for some reason this is, this is like light constructs like, how, does that, <laughs> how does that work no i think i think they grow flesh over the robot bodies because she's 
in the beginning of the film, Cersei's banging Dale, uh, uh, the black Dane. Yeah, as in as in mundane in this film. (laughs) As in, I got five minutes. I'm trying. I didn't make the best of them. (laughs) I remember all the articles. Kit Harrington joins the MCU as the Black Knight. The Black Knight comes to the MCU, and I'm waiting. I'm watching this movie. I'm like. He hasn't been on TV. He hasn't been on screen for a bit now. I, uh, I got that. I got that. I didn't get it spoiled for me. I think I got my expectations tempered when I, I want to say that he said it in an interview somewhere where he was like, I mean, he might have said it himself. Where he's yeah. like, oh, I don't even suit up in this movie. Like, it's like they gave me an opportunity and they said that more things would come down the line. Yeah. It's one of those like it. Kit Harrington joins the MCU. That's that happened. But yeah. uh yeah, and kind of. Not yet. We're getting there. <laughs> when uh, if someone had to, if you had to put all of your non-spoiler opinions into, let's say, you know, a, a recommendation or an avoidance of this film, or what do you got to say about it? Uh, uh, go watch the movie, man. I thought it was great. I thought, um, it's like I said, it's so divisive that you're not going to be able to tell somebody whether they are going to like it or not before they go into it, because it's like, <laughs> you're, you're going to fall on either side. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, uh, I personally ended up really, really liking it and I never felt bored. Yeah. I think that this film in general dealt with some things that I I guess concepts and stuff that I really, really was looking forward to them tackling. I wanted them to do stuff that was a bit more serious and that was a bit more grounded. Well, I guess not grounded, but like dive deeper into some of the mentalities of these people. Uh, A lot of the MCU villains can come off as a bit mustache twirling. And, you know, we I think we've kind of uh, evolved past that a bit. I totally understand the uh, the need for something different. It's been 26 films now, and uh, things can start to feel a little samey. Right. That's why uh, I know you guys talked about Shang-Chi already, but that's why I, I liked that they threw away the whole, uh, we're going to have to, the best friend has to find out 15 minutes uh, or 30 minutes into the movie. Or whatever. You just got right into the yeah Shang, Shang-Chi and it. the betrayal they they skipped over the whole hey why didn't you ever tell me you know that kind of yeah. BS that yeah. would have been in a normal film and another thing you know I know this is gonna maybe even sound pompous but there's only so many different kinds of movie to make right yeah. like you yeah. still need I a beginning that. mini and end yep. every story yep. still yep. needs yep. A, yep. a climax of some sort um <laughs> and for people to be like oh all the mcu movies start with you know uh telling us something and end with a fight it's like that's kind of how comics work that's that's, like- that's one of the things that bothers me about the critiques it's like oh oh well then, then there was a cgi fight at the end like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute hold on <laughs> what the fuck you wanted them to 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 settle their differences with a dialogue yeah oh i wanted to cry on their words like get the fuck out of here dog this is a superhero movie i want to see them punch each other and shit it's an action (laughs) film what the fuck yeah i don't understand that it bothers me it bothers me um i like you said i would recommend those to go see it um I, I likened it to Zack Snyder's Justice League and just how how dense it can kind of be in the sense of like I it it's a, it's an experience to me like 
I think you go into most of these Marvel films with some sort of background in this. And I trust Marvel and MCU. I'm in the bag for them. You know, that's, that's, everyone should know that at this point. But I knew so little about them that I was prepared to just sit back and let them tell their story as opposed to being like, well, they should have did it this way. They should have did it that way. This was all whole cloth new to me. So the way they chose to introduce them to me, I, trust that i trust the strategy there and as you said like i I had three big um things up front that i was worried about in this film um one was that i i'm not a humongous fan of angelina jolie or salma hayek i think they're gorgeous women absolutely gorgeous women um but like their names on a marquee is not enough for me to go see a film uh, and I wondered how they would fit, how these actors would fit in this kind of, uh, some would even say silly, right? Like different kind of flying and lasers and CGI. Like there's a moment in the trailer that people have seen where they're all like, you know, jumping a deviant. And that must have looked ridiculous to film, right? Like, because none of them have, like the I deviant's think... not there, the powers are not there. So they're just walking around going like Yeah, this. that's the thing that's got to be weird for people like that. But not, maybe not uh, the dude that plays Icarus, whose name yeah. is uh, slipping my mind. He's from Game of Thrones, and there's a lot of CGI stuff over there already. You know, I mean, like, he, but... he, he's uh, already dealt with some dragons. Um, yeah. Well, I don't think he made it that far. A Richard Madden. <laughs> He didn't make it far enough to deal with dragons, but he was on the show. <laughs> mm. He's great. He was a great actor. He was great in this movie too. I uh, and I seen actually. I it's funny you mentioned Zack Snyder's Justice League because so many people, uh, even uh, like positive reviewers too, that was a thing that came up a lot. People comparing it to Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I, I feel like that comes like from the weight the weight they gave these characters like they handled them with a bit more i don't know seriousness than you handle the mcu normally it was different it was like uh mythical no i i i i i agree 100 percent. like in most cases and i believe i said this in the group chat you know like we you go to captain america civil war and helicarriers are falling out of the sky and raining death and molten metal on everyone in washington and it's kind of seen as up oh, open and shut case we beat the bad guys it's all over but it's like what what about all that there we end up dealing with stuff like that in in uh civil war and stuff but there are consequences to this and because there are consequences to this there are uh, there are a lot of discussions about what should be done but i don't think it took away from anything here uh what i will say is i think the man the i was gonna say the man of steel but the the zack snyder justice league comparisons are apt um people may think that that's crazy talk coming from me because i've been vocal about man of steel on occasion but if icarus was ever portrayed as the big blue boy scout and then this film came out i would have been more upset but i had no background in icarus so this might as well be his you know story for yeah. me um it, without spoilers were you did, did his change or his story line in this was it in line with the comics is that something that happens in the comics or was this all whole cloth in the, in the comics he's not uh, a superman analog but um the, the I had expectations going into this movie. Like you said, you didn't have any because you didn't know them. I knew them and I had some. And the movie pretty much hit all the expectations I could want from an Eternals awesome. movie. Like yeah, it, it was like awesome. 
It's exactly what I wanted it to be. We're going to tell the lore of the whole fucking universe. There's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of explaining why we didn't do this. What did we do and how that's going to affect us in the future? Yeah, I would. This is what I wanted. That's exactly what I wanted. We have to lay down some more foundation because I know it's about to get crazy yeah. uh, in the future. And I, this movie just cements that like that. I know how crazy it's going to get. Right. I think when people look back at this, it's going to almost kind of be like the Batman Begins, you know, where they're setting up a lot of the groundwork to then so that we don't have to do it again. You know, when we come back around, most of the stuff will already be known. And then you can we can just start doing playing with the big boys. You know, I suggest going back to watch Guardians after you watch Eternals just to kind of realize what like uh, how how far we come in and how long it's been around you know like the celestial head and nowhere and the explanation and seeing the actual seeing the eternals in action and destroying things in guardians one now that you've seen it uh eternals i've also heard that a second watching of eternals makes the film better you know like once you think well i think most things are like i don't know how many people actually like to rewatch because i know for a long time i was somebody that strictly like i kind of hated rewatching realistically i, I hated yeah. it but uh i kind of i broke out of that because i realized it's the second watch that's when the information sticks yeah the first one is when you're realizing so it, it's so much realization and oh my god and what's gonna happen next things get lost so when you start over and it shouldn't. I wouldn't recommend doing it immediately. I don't like doing that. It ruins right. the serotonin flow. <laughs> feel. Like a, uh, you know, feel but uh, when you go back to it a few months from now and you buy the Blu-ray or whatever, it's uh, it, it, it'll be when all the information really sticks. It's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. So I got you know as far as the Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek thing, like they're not front and center in my opinion. I feel like there's a lot of other characters that take that role, and that was very surprising for me. Um, so like that was a big thing and, and they kind of got past that. If I had one and it's not even a negative, I guess it would be a suggestion. They should have got Hans Zimmer for this, bro. <laughs> oh yeah. The mood. But my MCU music always sucks. But there's yeah. always like one or two themes and you're like, oh, oh, that was very cool during the movie. And you don't remember it afterwards. Cause 100%. it's like, it's not memorable. They didn't use it again. They didn't make it a theme. It was like, whatever. You know, I yeah. think Black Panther is one of the only ones that I can, or that I really enjoyed the whole soundtrack. But it's but like you would think that uh, they would, that would mm -hmm. that soundtrack would have made them work harder on these because no. now you can just slide in any yeah. one of those tracks into like stuff like What If, and all of a sudden you get the feel of that movie from one track in Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? But the whole thing with Black Panther, <laughs> yeah. though, I think is that Marvel didn't realize what kind of music they were gonna get for the movie. Uh, wow. Ryan Coogler did that on his own and yeah. then he slid it in and they just got what they got and they were like oh wow but it was not something that they planned for and they're not going to be able to utilize that because they don't have Ryan on everything and they're fucking all about numbers and I don't right. know that people that people in charge of that stuff are any kind of hip to anything Yeah, <laughs> like, no, no, I, I, I can see that I can see that and the thing is like we're watching this film but they're four films ahead. Many. At all I times. think it's a, a lot more than four films. <laughs> I think like a lot more than four films. Like I feel like they might have been this far ahead when we were watching Age of Ultron. Like, like it's it's yeah. that serious that yeah. they, they're like 
it's nuts. I want to read that damn book, man. That uh, that Marvel Cinematic Universe book. I can't oh, remember yes, the yes, fucking yes, name yes. of it. Just came out. Uh, his, the making of or something like that. The history something of something like that. It's just right. it's it's definitely uh, gonna give you some insight on how they did things and how far along these things can be. Like, yeah. It, um, so yeah, uh, go see it, people. Um, Eternals is a 2021 superhero film based on the Marvel Comics race of the same name, uh, produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. It's the 26th film in the MCU. The film was directed by Chloe Zhao, who wrote the screenplay with Patrick Burley, Ryan Furpo, and Kaz Furpo. Um, in the film, the Eternals and Immortal Alien race uh, emerge from hiding after thousand years thousand yeah after thousands of years to protect earth from their evil counterparts the deviants so um this recap that i have here is a bit in chronological order I, at one point i was watching this film in the theaters and i was wondering if it would have been better if it was told in chronological order but they like to play around with time a bit uh with stuff like this especially with it spanning as much as it did, because you could have just went A, B, and C, right? Like, I, and it's not a fault on the film. I don't say it it ruined anything for me. But what do you think about the use of flashbacks in this? I like the way they did it because there was uh there there was like a, a reveal of the way uh, of the dynamics. Like, okay, you don't know who these people are. Then you meet them in the past. You realize how they used to be, and then you flash forward to the present and see how it is. And I like the contrast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know I I I don't know that some of the things would have hit the same if they did it uh, in chronological order. Yeah, you gotta have something the the reveals if you will. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's a lot of like, well, why? What are they doing? And why are they apart and stuff in present day? Um, but and this is full spoilers moving forward. Um, in 5000 BC, a group of 10 immortal individuals descend upon Earth to protect humanity from the deviants. They are the Eternals who have been sent from their home planet of Olympia. And right there, I'm like, huh? I was like, what? I don't remember an Olympia. This doesn't I, seem to make sense. I, at that point, when they said the Olympia thing, I was like, uh, we're leaning really hard into the uh, into the yeah. Greek uh, mythology thing. Like you guys are going real hard. What do you think about the text scroll? I don't think we've had that, right? No, they never did that for Marvel before. But the thing about this movie was again, there's so much world building, universe building. It's like <laughs> we can tell you some things in text because uh, <laughs> it's so much. And if we were to animate these singularities, these six singularities i fucking went back and watched that clip in guardians of the galaxy and they explained that the six singularities existed first and then the stones came i had confused it in my head and i thought the singularities were the stones right but, right, right. Uh, no no they're like beings you know like yeah. six original beings and they've been referenced multiple times yeah and if chekhov's gun it's still uh it's still uh it's still a thing in the mcu 100 at some point we're gonna have to see these six singularities and i don't think that this was the time to 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 do that like like, yeah it's so early we're still laying the foundation for people to be able to understand that kind of stuff later on like it's so soon that i completely understood the reason for the text scroll we can't, uh, we're not ready to eat full carrots yet. Right now they're spoon fooding us uh, baby food carrots. You know, then yeah. we're, we're, 100%. we're 
that's how we're getting it now. So, but yeah, the Olympia thing tipped me off, but I'm so glad that gets addressed later on. Um, we get the Domo, their spaceship, um, and they're sent to Earth by the Prime Celestial Arishim the Judge. Yes. Uh, throughout the centuries, the Eternals continue to relocate to other growing civilizations to defend them from the deviants, although they are barred from Ar- by Arishim. Uh, from interfering with human conflicts to allow them to evolve naturally. Two of the Eternals, Cersei and Icarus, would evolve, would develop a close relationship over the centuries, eventually becoming a married couple. So right here, I want to talk about the damn scope and scale of Arishim. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that we, we're huge. here. I'm so... <laughs> like, like uh, 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 I was going to say an earthling, but an earthling size being in the Eternals would show up in front of the Celestial and be as big as like the iris of his eye. Like so, and you see the huge hand and you see the huge head and the, and the judge, uh, you know, hammer and all that stuff. And it is, to me, that's the scariest thing that we think we're like the, uh, you know, apex predators, right? We're the ones building tools and stuff like that. And something could just like swat us out of the universe <laughs> like that cosmic horror to me, like the Cthulhu of it all. Like there's something under the water and it would just come up. And yeah. That to me is way scarier than any of this other stuff. What did you think about after te- being teased with this and seeing some of it in Guardians and reading a lot of it? What do you think about the scale that they were able to show in- with these uh, beings? It was everything I wanted. I, uh, I, I think it's not just the size, but like the size is very important in the way they project that. Like the because uh, we saw with like Fantastic Four, uh, two. Like mm-hmm. there was a time where they didn't think this the, that this was possible, or they didn't think it was viable, or like maybe it yeah. was too expensive or whatever. Arisham but, the cloud. Could you have? Yeah. That? <laughs> you know, like, it's a celestial, but actually I take in human form and you'll never see me in my real form. There you go. Oh, my God. They really could. That's like some CW shit right there. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Ridiculous. Uh, no, but, but it's it's the size. It's the scale. It's the uh, it's it's their mere existence, too, because it's like when when you say scale, it could just be size. But yeah, just their entire concept. Yeah, is is so beyond it's so large that this is where your mind needs to start like expanding and accepting like yeah no no they created you the universe like like or they create life you know we're freaking ants and like you said the gravity of just they exist like you said the existence of these people like this puts like it's funny like we're gonna go in a month and or i think at the end of this year and uh end of this month sorry and get into hawkeye and it's just going to be a guy in New York, you know, shooting arrows. And we just saw this story about this humongous man who decided at one point that this uh, youngest being, sorry, who decided at one point that Earth might not need to exist because it's we'll get into why uh, all that in a bit. But it just shows you the two sides. I'm so glad that we're expanding uh, in this direction. Um, I guess now we should glance over at the peeps. Uh, Gemma Chan plays Cersei, um, who can manipulate inanimate matter through physical contact. Um, th- this was this sounded familiar. Oh, this is um, like that's why it sounded familiar. This is Meta, not Meta, but Firestorm, right? Like, the, can't Firestorm oh, the, do this? The ability to uh, what is the word? Uh, transmutate. 
Yeah, inanimate Trapping. objects, but not. Is that a real word? Is that pseudoscience? That sounds word? like that sounds it's like a word like a... that was created for comics, and then they took yeah, it right? into science. Yeah, <laughs> transmutate. Transmute. It sounds like it sounds like a, such a sixties thing. Yeah, um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, I was like, sounds, it sounds familiar. She can't do it to actual living beings. Why does that sound familiar? And it was Firestorm. <laughs> That's where I got that from. <laughs> a gorgeous woman, Gemma Chan. Gorgeous, pretty. gorgeous very woman. Um, I was taken aback at several points. I'm like, I really dig her, and I, I, I'm rooting for her. I want her to be the lead, and I, I you know, because again, I was worried that more veteran actors would come in the front, and then it'd be. It it was a different Cersei than the one I was used to. Uh, this one is timid. I about to say anything lovely. more and anything more. No, I, what, yeah, those yeah. are notable changes. The other Cersei yeah, is a bit more Cer abrasive. Cersei's a bit more abrasive and uh, kind of uh, 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 what's the word? Arrogant a bit. You know? Is she more like Thena? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, in a way, Thena was very graceful in this movie. I thought. Um, yeah. You know, like I was like Angelina Jolie in this movie was like very elegant. Like yeah. I thought, I thought, anyway, I was like, "That's great." No, it's kind of like uh, I don't want to say like Tony Stark, but like there's there's like a good scene of them in a restaurant, and and he's like doing his Tony Stark thing, and she's like right able to be on par with him. Like get the fuck uh, out, of here, dude. And <laughs> you would, you would think there would be that level of hubris when you exist for as long as you do, right? Like how yeah. do you not? Yeah. How do you not be the cockiest person in the room? I thought she was. It, you, you say that it was very interesting how timid she was because she's been around for so long. Yeah. She's still like taking a picture with the cell phone. All sudden, wow, yeah. Instagram. You know, like, yeah, like she just around. got all that stuff right there. You and know? Then, yeah. Um, I wonder if that's a flaw. Like I'm not even thinking about it now, and I'm like, is that right? Like, there, should that be that way? There's one. There's one thing that has come up that i wonder if it was if it was a flaw or anything we'll get to it when we get to it but um i i dug her we got richard mann as icarus he is constantly called the strongest um uh he can fly and project cosmic energy beams from his eyes okay. they don't seem to burn they seem more more concussive i thought i i thought it was uh it wasn't like fire beams yeah were, like pressure beams or yeah like it, it would push you more so than uh you know laser you off or whatever um we have angelina jolie as athena an elite warrior eternal who can form any weapon out of cosmic energy and develops a close bond with uh gilgamesh gilgamesh was my man where's he at okay I love gilgamesh. don lee because i had just seen three weeks ago uh train to busan and he's in nice. that and he's amazing in that like he makes you root for him in that and it's a foreign language film and so he came over and i'm like this guy's gonna be awesome because he's already awesome in that um don lee it plays gilgamesh he's considered the strongest eternal um and he wanted to be an inspiration to the younger generation as the first korean superhero so uh there's that um we, accomplished because that was cool as hell. he was cool as hell yeah he was, he was very cool even even funny, which is hard is a hard balance to be badass and funny on occasion. And it, and, and it wasn't like and this goes for the whole movie. It wasn't like in your face funny. Like, ha, I'm totally quipping and this is not realistic at all. But, right. You know, but it was very subtle and toned down, and I appreciated that. Uh 
Uh, Salma Hayek plays Ajak, the wise and spiritual leader of the Eternals who has the ability to heal and is the bridge between the Eternals and the Celestials. Um, changing the character from a man in the comics allowed Hayek to lean into Ajak's femininity femininity am i saying that right and make her into the mother figure of the eternals that's the only thing i didn't really buy like the mother thing i think they played around with that with her and icarus i've got the leader thing the mother thing was a bit hard for me because i'm like aren't you all like the same that's, like <laughs> that's one of the things that uh that i guess the critics had a problem with they felt like the human humanity the relationships might have been sacrificed under the superhero stories of it all and yeah. I'm like, I, I I get that uh feeling. I, I understand that. But the narrative works the same if she's yeah. just the leader, right? Like Yeah. I think that the thing that would make her that is that they think of her as the most experienced. Like her false memories. Like like yeah. they've been told that that's what she is, so that's what she is. Because 100%, that's how yeah. they that's how they did it to us. Like it, 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 Icarus it, as well, right? That everyone's like, Well, you can't beat Icarus, he's the strongest. I'm like, I guess he is the strongest. <laughs> like no one's told yeah, me that, but that I guess might. that's what it is now. All right. So I, I told so again, I see what the critics meant by that, but the narrative worked anyway like i i feel like the because their memories are fake or whatever because they because because their exposition is bullshit you know maybe we didn't need to, we could have been spared the fake exposition and the fake relationships of it all it's okay yeah. i i completely dug you know just talking about gilgamesh you know and i love that we got that korean flavor in but camille nanjiani man like there's a moment in this where he's delivering something and i'm like i want to see him in more serious stuff like i dig the i dig the the laughs and stuff he's really good at it obviously you go you know writes comedy is a known comedian has uh written his own films and stuff like that but with, with the bulk up that he got in this and the the movie star kind of you know makeover that he has in this um i really ended up digging him he plays kingo in this an internal who can project cosmic energy projectiles from his hands and uh who becomes a bollywood star and we'll get into that when we get into how everything <laughs> how everything moves in there what do you think about kumail because sometimes when you introduce a a, a well-known comedian in this they happen to take over the whole you know they can't help yeah. but be just them in a, in a film like this what do you think you about still got, i thought you still got some of that actually you yeah little, you, you did still get some of that and that's okay because that's pretty much what you wanted out of the character that's, that that's why you there. got him for it that's yeah, why you that's yeah, exactly that's, why you got him, right? that's yeah. funny that he got all bulked up and for the movie and they were like that's that's not why we hired you yeah we'll <laughs> like, <that's> we, <laughs> we can show your arms if you want we can cut some sleeves I off of things yes if, if yeah, you went through so much we're gonna have to cut the sleeves off now you don't fit in the clothes anymore well there goes the budget on that <laughs> he saw paul rudd bro he saw paul rudd he's like paul they got paul rudd doing this yeah, he had a good right, yeah good reasoning yeah good reasoning for it you see you want the kids the little uh uh, the little children of the same Indian descent to see their first Indian superhero be scrawny, you know, yeah, dude. You know, they, he wanted to be on par with everybody else. So, like, I get it, totally get it. Um, Leah McHugh plays Sprite, an eternal who can project lifelike illusions. She has a physical appearance of a twelve-year-old child. Is that something that also takes place in the comics? Yeah, yeah, that seems yeah. kind of jacked up. It's, uh, it's a little messed <laughs> up. It is messed up. <laughs> He's kind of jacked up. Um, 
Brian Tyree Henry, who has been killing it, right? Like this guy. Oh, man, he's been in everything. He everything. Been, he's great. He's great. Amazing uh, um, voice acting for Miles's dad in um, Into the Spider Verse. Like yeah, a lot of gravitas in in that portrayal there in Atlanta. He's a Joker. He's in uh, what's yeah. that? What's the other uh, Godzilla? And then yeah. everything. Yeah, he's gotta get he, paid. He is in everything. Um, an eternal and an intelligent weapons and technology inventor, and the first superhero in the MCU to be depicted as gay, nice. which is like very fleeting. Like it, it's not Captain like a Marvel whole thing is around him. Steaming right now. I should have been me. It should have been me. Should have been me. I saw people like, oh, why does the only black character have to be gay? And I was like, I don't think that's how they, I don't think that's how they, they divvied up the traits in this film, first yeah, and yeah. foremost. And another commentary I saw was like, well, why didn't he stop slavery? And I'm like, it's the same reason why they didn't stop anything. Yeah, and they, he, <laughs> he doesn't, he wouldn't identify as a black man. I thought that too. I was like, I don't know that he would think about it that way but yeah. i mean i get i get it i get it but but he would have felt about that the same way he felt about all the wars and all the yeah. conflict you know like man, 100%. i wish i could get involved but i can't i can maybe try to help them create weapons or whatever but it just makes it worse <laughs> yeah Stop. yeah yeah Stop. we'll get into all that shit in a bit um lauren ridloff plays makari an eternal who possesses the power of super speed uh it, she's also the first death character in the mcu um, which it she she started to run more in anticipate in anticipation of the role. Apparently, That's these guys were doing a lot of a lot. I don't, of I don't like they, all stuff. the people they hired took it too far. Everybody, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're like, "What the hell? What's going on, bro?" I, literally, I've just been leaving it off, but literally because um, it says that Angelina Jolie trained with various swords, spears, and staffs, as well as taking ballet. It says that Gilgamesh. Utilize his boxing training, uh, the stuff we just said with Kamel Najiani. Like they, they, yeah. Um, she, she shifted to muscle building in order to have the symmetry of somebody who looks like a sprinter. So, I guess, but then in, in the end, in the movie, like no, none of this stuff was necessary. Stuff. No, you can't see any of it. It's all CGI, anyways. Angelina Jolie, all she did was fucking put the sword upside down in front of her face four or five times in the movie yep. like you didn't even do sword fighting you were just like sword pose and remember you that know, sword like, doesn't really exist it's probably just a green stick that she's holding just, <laughs> you know? so like unless she's she was practicing sprinting. With that. what is this lady sprinting you know you don't have to run right you know yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. they never showed your legs not once no, not no. once she was doing that whole road running thing where you just see the circles of the legs. imagine going through all that and then you get to the uh the costume room and they cover your whole body yeah <laughs> just like body. what the fuck? what Every, do you mean everybody that's why brian tyree henry was like i don't know what y'all doing but I'm, <laughs> you know, like, yeah good on that um <laughs> you know what i'm gonna be i'm gonna be gay i don't know i don't know how far i gotta take you're gonna that. be gay and brolic i don't know that's a lot that's like asking of me right now uh, and then the man who just shows up on the red X and says his lines, Barry Cogan as Druig, one of my favorites, an aloof eternal who can manipulate the minds of others. So that is the setup of the actual uh, the Eternals that we have in this uh, series here. So in 1521, the Spanish invasion of the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan. 
Titlin, I'm pretty sure there's a better way to say that, uh, runs concurrently with an attack from the last of the Deviants. While fighting them off, Thena gets mad weary, which as a New Yorker, I just kept thinking they were just calling her weary. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, she's oh, mad she's weary mad right weary, now, yo. yo so I'm gonna get her a chair. Damn. Oh, no, she's mad weary. She's dead weary ass. now. She's mad weary. <laughs> she's dead ass. Um, which kind of is portrayed as like energy bursting through your face, I guess. Like, yeah, like uh, it's like you lose your pupils in your eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> but it's terrifying because it causes her to momentarily turn on her allies. She stabs a bunch of them, and Gilgamesh seems to be the only one to be able to stop her. And I love that he stops her by punching her. Yeah. <laughs> he just punches oh. her as hard as he can. And you see, like, the the sound boom <laughs> of it, like, knock over some trees and stuff. I'm like, damn, he hit her hard. Uh, the Eternal Prime, Ajax, offers to cure Athena's affliction at the cost of her memories. I don't know why everyone thought this was such a big deal. I didn't at the time. I'm like, you guys live thousands of years. Just like erase some of it. You don't have to, you know, do a full white. I think that was the thing. That's why I thought it was a big deal because it was like, we've lived thousands of years. We have whole lives. And I didn't, you know, there's a big twist about the memories thing, but I yeah. didn't at the, in the beginning of the movie, I'm thinking they've also lived, you know, all the, uh, for a long time before they got here. So it's like, oh, she's going to lose all of that, man. That's messed up. Yeah. But, uh, as we would find out that should have been the first that should have been suspicious of we should have got suspicious when they mentioned that they're able to erase memories anyway oh like <laughs> like that's the first uh yeah first uh option you, got, you guys want to erase some memories wait, uh, wait. what wait you can do that <laughs> why do you have the technology for this why is that the first choice like why you didn't think of anything else which also makes me wonder if ajak like like she must she should have been keeping an eye on Tina, right if she knows what the real reason why this happens is. Or maybe she was just hoping that she'll kill Gilgamesh and <laughs> it'll be over anyway. <laughs> She's um, like, let's I, just hope they die. And I dig that too. He's the one like, nah, you know what? No, we're not erasing her memory. I'll watch her. I'll watch her. I got I got babysitting duties. And I'm like, you the man, bro. You the man. Um, and, you know, he's like, I, I understand I might have to kill her if she goes that way, but I, I'll deal with it when, it when it happens. So I was super down with that. And then right after that, Druig, frustrated with how the Eternals have been abstaining from human affairs, deserts them and ends the Spanish war himself. He just takes <laughs> both sides <laughs> under control and walks out. Um, he has an away, a really abrasive way of delivering his lines. There's a lot of angst and attitude behind it. Um, and you believe his anger. Um, yeah. He does it again later on. But what did you think of this particular scene where he's basically talking back to the leader of the Eternals, questioning all of this for the first time um, and, and saying, like, we're just like them. We're just people, uh, you know, dogs following their master. I thought uh, I thought, like you said, uh he really made an impact like I, the, the actor in this moment for like for these few minutes yeah he made sure he was very memorable i thought, I thought that was great he made he instantly made me uh shot up the list of favorites in this film and i was like oh wow i like this i like this guy <laughs> yeah and good to know he's sticking around seemingly so that's yeah. that's also that's also pretty cool um in the years oh yeah so then uh ajax like you know what if he's leaving like y'all could bounce we killed all the deviants so y'all bounce um and in those years icarus would abandon cersei as the other eternals await for their return to olympia 
They wait for thousands of years. No one's no one tries to call Aramish. It's like, hey, bro, <laughs> what's going on here? Been here for quite some time. Um, in 2023 in London, Sprite, who now lives with Cersei, as she works as a museum curator with a romantic interest in her college, college in her colleague, Dane Whitman, um, who's played by Kit Harrington. Uh, one night, Cersei, Sprite, and Whitman are leaving a party when they are attacked by a deviant. They are joined by Icarus as they fight to eradicate the beast, but they discover that it is able to heal itself. As Whitman is left behind, Cersei, Sprite, and Icarus decide to leave for South Dakota in search of Ajax. Um, what do you think of the design of the Deviants? I thought it was very... Um, <laughs> I don't want to say generic because that's fucked up. Right, right, right. But I, I thought it was lacking. I thought it was lacking. Yeah. There was something about their gray blobbiness that bothered that really bothered me i thought um i don't know i i don't know i'm not saying they should have been colorful i didn't want them to be colorful yeah i'm just saying there should have been something distinct yeah they're just like spaghetti they knew (laughs) they knew that they looked very generic looking because their attempt to make them look different was like very like give this one wings yeah, give that, give a tail. That something. This different. one has a tail. This one has. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we weren't even like this film, and I guess it's because of the twists and turns. Like the trailers didn't really harp on what the big bad of this was going to be. You know, it was really hard to kind of explain that. You get one moment with the deviant named Crow, where he's holding Angelina Jolie, and he's talking to her, but it's. You, there's very hard to get any kind of context from that because you don't know who he is and it doesn't really make sense to you at the time. Um, I wonder if through rewrites they decided to lessen, you know, his it's, it's just like role in this. I think in their in their in their attempt to make everything easier on uh, on the CGI people, they stripped away the Jack Kirbyness of it all. Yeah. You know? You know, uh, it, it the Eternals just they had distinct looks. You know, like the, they they we you know they counterparts to the uh, I mean not the Eternals the Deviants the Deviants are counterparts to the Eternals. You know, yeah. Yeah. you and it looked like it. Right. <laughs> it, it, you you didn't get that sense here. They just seem like gray blob monsters. But then you get the you get the comic book. You know. We're not so different, you and I, kind of stuff yeah. later on. Yeah, it's like, no, we look really different, bro. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> I don't look like a black licorice monster. I don't know what's going on with you. Uh, but I did like that little fight in London. Um, I did like the turning of the bus to, I guess, petals, flower petals. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, flower petals. But I'm not going to lie. Right when it happened, I went, did everybody in that just die? <laughs> but then you see the bus yeah. driver. Yeah, I thought about it immediately too. Like, oh, what happens to the people in the bus? Are they all are they all flower petals? That shit was so funny to me because I really did I really was trying to look out for that. Um so here comes fear number two, right? Because I already said fear number one was the Angelina Jolie and Sama Hike thing. As soon as this thing gets introduced. We're told that, you know, Ajax and Cersei used to date, and now she's dating Dane Whitman, uh, Ken Harrington's character. I didn't want, because Icarus was an eternal, for him to just play Ken Harrington's character. Because up to this point, he's done nothing wrong. 
And I didn't want him to just, I didn't want, I really didn't want Sprite and Icarus to end up together in this. I don't know. Not Sprite, Sprite Icarus, uh, and Cer- Icarus. Cersei. Oh, I'm spoiling some shit. Cersei no, I was going to say, I, I was going to say that I, I know that Sprite is thousands of years old, but I just don't think they could have got away with doing that on screen. 100%. 100%. This is not Even Japan. though he shouldn't have a problem. No, no, no. There shouldn't be a problem with it. Yeah. In, 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 within the story. Yeah. But you, <laughs> but in real life, you would get, you would have some issues with uh, people. Uh, people, people would have issues. In I this, she questions, she questions why Aramesh would ever do such a thing. Does she do the same in the comics? Does she have beef with the fact that she's 12 or whatever? Uh, in the comics, it's the Neil Gaiman story. Uh, Sprite is a murderer and uh oh and it erased everybody's mind and is the reason they all went their separate ways ah <laughs> so she was always was, you were always kind of looking at sprite this entire yeah, time then. the You're whole like, time i was like oh i don't trust you sprite <laughs> and and because of that as soon as they introduced her in the movie and it's like you know i'm an illusion and it's like uh and then you can see she has problems with it i was like oh there it is yeah, there it is. There, yeah, I thought I thought that uh, she was a villain, but then immediately after that, like very early in the film, we're gonna go there right now. We, we go to Ajax Farm. Yeah, and, and um, immediately I have suspect another suspect in my mind. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I, uh, that must have been interesting because you're yeah, you would have been sitting and be like, none of this makes sense. What we we get to um, they they're like okay. If the deviants are back, which they shouldn't, we now have to go to our leader and figure out what the hell's going on. So they go to South Dakota in search of Ajax and at her house, they find her body instead. And they're like, oh, my God, a deviant must have killed her. So Cersei mourns over her. That was my thing, though, before we move on from that. Go ahead, brother. Freaking Icarus comes. He's like, it's a deviant. It was a deviant. Oh, automatically. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, bro, we just got here. How could you know? No, no, no. It was deviant. I swear. And I was like, okay. And I'm okay. al- I'm always bugging with it because I'm like, you could have just shown it. Like it, d- you didn't have to say. It. You could have just shown it. It could have been done very, very quickly. The fact that you're not showing it is making me question what's up. But I, I think the the girls explicitly couldn't figure it out either. They were like, "What did this?" And he was just the one that had the answer. Like it was a deviant. So immediately I was like, "All right, it, you've done something." And I never let go. Of, <laughs> like I never let go of that. What do you think about the idea of like this all spark spear that goes inside your body and lets you talk to the, the? I mean, I get it, I get it. They got they're weird. They're is that weird. a comic thing as well, or is that MCU? if it is? I don't remember. The Unimind is, but okay. um, that... that sounds comic. That sounds Jack Kirby comics too. Yeah, the Unimind. <laughs> the Unimind. The Unimind is, but the uh, the ball in the chest. I don't remember that, but it it was it was alright. It it made sense. Yeah. talk to this god i can't go to him i'm not gonna pray yeah <laughs> but it's a it's a cool visual like once you're in front of him like uh, you see all really these cool. you see all these like uh you know medieval stuff and it's like to be in front of the king oh my god i'm so scared he's so powerful no they this this kind of shit i would piss my pants like <laughs> to, to ask him anything to lie to him or say anything like oh my god like they did it there was like an escalation too because when you first see aramesh it's just very very close up on mm-hmm. the face 
And then at some point you pull back a little bit and you pull back a little bit. And eventually like you get to see the whole scale of what a celestial is compared to like this planet. And and the blip that that we are, the very small blip uh, that we are, you know, don't, we don't even chart in in their universe like that. They did very well in establishing how I like establishing the scope without like dropping it on you. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so they're like, okay, we got to find the other Eternals, especially now with the, that we, they're killing Eternals now because they, they weren't, they used to just seek out humans and then the Eternals would show up to stop them. But now it seems like they're seeking out Eternals specifically. So they're going to go try to save the others. Uh, they approach Kingo, uh, Kamayo Nagiani's character, and he's shooting a Bollywood film. He hesitates to leave his life of stardom and rejoin the Eternals, but he gives in when he learns about Ajax. Um, alongside additional encouragement from his manager, Kuran, who also tags alongside them to film a documentary for Kingo. Um, This might have taken long. I loved all of the Bollywood stuff. Like, I I loved all of it. We've never seen something like that in the MCU. I loved all the different cultures in this and the depths of of seeing them celebrate the different cultures in this. Uh, MCU was looking a kind of way for a very long time. Uh, you know, and we're adding some flavors, some different flavors, some spices from around the world. And it felt authentic, all of it, the dancing, the music, the, um, he felt like a pompous kind of Hollywood guy. And I like his backstory that he's been in movies for like hundreds of years because he keeps saying that he's the son of the previous (laughs) generation. Yeah, he's the son of the previous generation. Yeah, I like that they that no one in this movie can seem to keep a secret about their past. Any anybody, nobody. It's like completely impossible. (laughs) Yeah, because they they walk up and the manager's like, "Oh, you must be the Eternals, right?" And they're like, "Wait, what? (laughs) What's going on?" And then Sprite had told uh, Dane about uh, the deviants, about the deviants and everything. So he was not surprised. Now, now it makes me think if she was trying to bag. Dane, because she, you know, out, out of jealousy for Cersei, you know, like now that I know that she got that bone well, in her I, body, I think she, it's more the storyteller in Sprite. You know, ah, yeah, that that was an awesome moment. I don't think that's gonna be in the notes, but that was an awesome moment where you see her telling the stories of the Eternals to the people using her yeah. illusions. That was really yeah. really cool. It, it becomes apparent that Sprite is like the the the. Uh, responsible for a lot of the culture in human history yes the mythology uh, right she creates the mythology stories all the all these stories that we have yeah yeah um i i think at one point she she um characterizes Thena as being the like greek god of war or whatever goddess of war you know the athena that we would learn know about in mythology yeah. is being attributed to thena of the eternals which i thought was interesting and 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 uh, icarus right she made that story up of the sun yeah of of him flying too close to the sun yeah she made that up um so i thought that was interesting too again like i i talk about Druig. it took a, it took a while because i obviously knew what he was meant to do in this film but that manager, I really ended up warming up to him towards the end. <laughs> like, um, maybe it's because he's so polite, always calling people sir. <laughs> he was he was comedic relief, but it was it was like it was charming. It was it was wholesome. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I, I felt for him. 
Yeah. Yeah. He was, he, like I said, like he, he seemed genuinely invested. Like it, it would have been different if he was like a money hungry manager or while he's shooting the documentary, like, Hey, look at the camera, you know, or give me a little bit of this, a little bit of that. No, he's literally just a bystander in this. He's one of us. He's the, he's our yeah. surrogate yeah. in all of this, uh, just standing by and being like, uh, why is no one bugging out about all this craziness? Um, but yeah, they're like, okay, we got to go get Gilgamesh and Thena. This scares the hell out of me because Thena's like sitting Indian style and just drawing a bunch of pictures of Aramesh. And I'm like, this looks like a horror film. Like this looks like the <laughs> moment where she flips out and tries to wall out on everybody. But apparently she just went through a bit of that mad weary uh, not too long ago. And um, they see that she has painted a bunch of different stuff, including planetary destruction and on occasion she will say things like that planet's gonna explode everyone's gonna die there's nothing we can do and everyone's like what he's like oh nothing don't worry about it <laughs> so we, we we are all very confused now did your tie to the comics allude you to any of this stuff any of what she could have been thinking of or what was happening well i there's a I remember it from Earth X, but there's like a, there was a, a story about the Celestials having altered the Earth early on. With, OK, uh, we're going to talk about it later yeah. anyway. But, the movie, but there but was there was none of this like um... because of that, though, when she started talking about the destruction of the planet, I started thinking, oh, OK, I think I know where we're going with this because I uh, normally uh I really don't know if this is like normal MC, normal like six one six, Marvel history. You know, I don't. I, I think this comes strictly from that Earth X story. So like, when she started talking about destruction and everything, I was like, wait, that's that's uh, familiar. <laughs> it, does it elicit a, ugh, they're doing this or a, oh, they're doing no, this? No, no, I, that's exactly what I wanted it to do, to be, because okay. I I I thought that. The idea that the Earth, because I'm gonna fucking talk about it. We this is spoiler territory. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The idea that the well, Earth, we're we're about to we're about to get there. Literally about to get there right now. But go ahead. You know, the the idea that the Earth is a celestial egg and that superpowers exist on the planet. The, uh, in Earth X, it was like superpowers exist on the planet because the superheroes act as antibodies to protect uh... the egg, uh, to protect the egg until it's time for it to be born. And and they kind of twisted that up uh, for the movie, of course. But I that that origin story for superpowers on Earth, it's been like my favorite thing uh, for a lot. Like in co- one of my favorite things in comics. Like I love that. I've adopted wow. that. Like that was very good. So when they started talking about the destruction of planets and she started bugging out, I started thinking, oh, like, are we really going to do this? And yeah, we really are. That's great. <laughs> Are the deviants tied to mutants in any way? Mutant kind and the deviants and the eternals, they're related in that the X gene comes from this fucking existence. Like the, it, it, it's okay. a mutation that comes from all these weird things existing on the planet. All this experimentation, yeah, I, right? All this, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and then the, the superheroes that get their powers through science as well. Like, yeah, all okay. that stuff. It's it's all origin from the fucking the celestials and their weirdness. <laughs> one of the one of the uh, criticisms that I saw that again I I didn't think of as a criticism. I just think it's kind of a, I think it's funny. 
is that uh you know so she's like i can't talk to aramish i just i don't know how and somebody's like try and she's like okay and then, then she does <laughs> <laughs> so, you know she, yeah you know she was lying okay yeah i, I yeah. don't know how you, you it's my try. first time <laughs> i don't normally do things like this and then she's a pro hmm. take my shirt off or? <laughs> hmm, uh so the when she goes over there you know she talks to arisham for some reason arisham is like well if you're the leader now then you got to know the whole deal and you got to know what ajax knows uh or knew which is that olympia doesn't exist uh, arisham had engineered the eternals in the world forge apparently he created the deviants at first uh he put the seed of a celestial in the planet um and he sent the Eternals to Earth to protect humans um, because he had originally sent Deviants there to protect, I guess, humans, to destroy all the predators, but then they started eating humans. <laughs> but it should be mentioned, it's not just Earth. Like, this is this oh, is yes, universe-wide yes, yes. thing. Because, yes. This is uh, Earth-centric uh, because the story's Earth-centric, yeah, yeah. but, but this like, is going on everywhere. Yeah, the Deviants have been sent to all planets, and then that didn't work. So, like, we sent Eternals to all planets planets and that's very important because later on we're gonna be meeting and we have already met eternals from other planets <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. mcu it's great stuff totally and um you know like you said so they they're you know the design flow of the deviants allows them cre to create these eternals i'm hoping that the human population gets up to a certain point uh because the celestial egg that's been planted, it, the celestial itself feeds off of that. Um, you were talking about Eternals on different planets. They're basically kind of pointing at the Celestials for the uh, life, life in the universe, life in the galaxies, the energies. They're the biggest uh, generators of energies in the universe, the Celestials are. And thus, this seemingly very destructive act would go on to create whole galaxies that would then birth life. So this is one of the things that Kingo uh, talks about on occasion, right? He's like, to, to not allow this to happen is to not allow a bunch of other species to be born through this, this, uh, you know, I think it's process. suspicious. I got suspicious of it. A little of bit. Kingo? With Kingo? I'm not, I'm not Kingo, of the, of, uh, of the idea that uh, this is like natural or this has to happen. Oh right it's like interesting because the planet you know these planets already exist you know they just kind of they they create stars and then the stars create the solar system around them right yeah that's that's the whole thing i but once it's been set into motion you know it's just going to keep on happening i don't know that they that they keep that they need to be uh fuck uh seeding putting their sperm inside every single uh, uh, planet that they make. It's really weird. It's a weird cycle. Like, yeah, we make it, we kill it. We make it, we kill it. It's kind of selfish. It, it turns out that it only works for the celestials. It's right. not like it's not like uh, you know, we're keeping millions of lives from being born. It's like, or in reality, you're just keeping other celestials from being born. A hundred percent. And it's yeah. like you said, it's it's all a cycle. So they, we should be grateful for the couple of thousands of years that we get to exist. So long as they get to then blow up the planet, and yeah, uh, you know, weird. get get a new celestial. Uh, Tiamat is the one here uh, on Earth, and once the population quota of intelligent life is achieved, 
uh, the emergence would commence, resulting in the destruction of the planet and the birth of said celestial, which would allow for new life and galaxies to form. Um, afterwards, the memories of the Eternals would be taken from them and studied by Arisham to make way for their new next planetary mission. So we find out that basically um, Ajax has done this thousands of times. Um, and uh, yeah, because Cersei thinks that this is her first. And they're like, uh, no, no, you've done this. You've done this a shit ton of times, too. So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, and they find out that that's why Athena has Mad Weary, because she's being compounded by all these old memories from past excursions where they've done this exact same mission over and over again which is pretty interesting and pretty traumatic. She has post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> she definitely has post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> you know, on, so, like an, on like a crazy level. Too. Yeah, galaxy <laughs> a galaxy scale, which is like, that is, it, it's crazy. I think it was interesting that they used Tiamat. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to ask. Do you, what, do you have any background on that character, Tiamat? Oh, man, Tiamat is an interesting celestial. Tiamat is the dreaming celestial uh, huh. who actually at one point decides that he's going to call the earth uh you know in the beginning when the deviants started getting all odd he was like i'm just right. destroy all of it yeah. and arishem was like no i'm gonna do it i'm going to uh do the eternals thing okay and they got into an argument and it was like he challenged arishem over it but eventually he uh he kind of went too far and the other celestials end up ripping his spirit <laughs> from Whoa. his body and putting it in a vial you know it's and and then they they it, it's it's a statue in california that's just been there for thousands of years that nobody is, knows what it is but it's uh it's a vial with the tiamat's soul and, that is uh, crazy neil gaiman's eternals story is where you would read that at huh and stuff it's you ever like, pay my man? You ever pay my man Neil Gaiman? I know they don't like to pay guys that they take these no, stories don't. from and shit. Steal their ideas. It's like, come on, these concepts are pretty huge. You know, it takes a, a big brain to come up with some of this stuff, and he should be compensated for it. Um, so hoping to delay the emergence, they go to find Druig in the Amazon village in hopes that he could be able to use his telepathy to render Tiamat dormant, but he is hesitant to help them. So. While I'm watching this film, I am incredibly dubious that anyone could do anything to Celestials. Were you aware that they had like an ability to possibly stop them if they all came together or that they could be put to sleep or they could be killed and all this other kind of stuff? I've seen Celestials die. Life I've seen them fall out of the sky. <laughs> no, no. I've seen them be killed. Okay. I've seen Celestials be killed. I've okay. seen... Re I've seen uh, Franklin Richards kill a celestial. Uh, Reed, the Reed, a bunch of Reed Richards is <laughs> killed yeah. another celestial from a, another universe and then buried it on six one six, and that became an issue. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yeah. So like, I've seen celestials die. I know they can be killed, but I know it takes like immense power. You know, okay. it has to be crazy. But the very story of the Unimine and the celestials having to uh bring each uh go around the earth and collect each other and form the unimine to keep a celestial from emerging on earth it's the neil gaiman story it's okay. it's just it's tiamat but he's not the earth x uh celestial egg he's in the vial and his oh, okay. soul is in the vial and they have to form the unimine to uh seal the vial uh. <laughs> so, and and you know 
they they stole the story, won't pay him, and, and remixed it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the um that after, you know, um what's her face? Cersei gets the information from Arisham that every time every new eternal that they pick up, we cut straight to them being told that it's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so so every time we cut to them, they're like are you serious? Like he, he's like, you guys never have good news. Anytime I see you guys, it's always something bad. <laughs> um, and this is, you know, RIP. We look, we got our first major casualty after Ajax in um, uh, Kingo's camera, the ca- the camera, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the camera, bro. That was like an expensive camera. He Drew, threw that, he Drew threw, was very angry. Yes, he was very angry. Um, and he had that whole civilization on lock. Like he and they were fine with it. They were down with him doing it. They were Spanish because he they were you know, he's been probably doing this for generations. Yeah, I was gonna say he's probably been doing this for generations. That's why they don't care. Yeah, and he's <laughs> been taking he took them from that Spanish war with the Aztecs. Um, so they all, you know, of are, are of that ilk. And he's just been chilling. You know, I, I think at one point he mentions wanting to having the desire to do this for the entire world and realizing that if we didn't stumble and fall and make mistakes and give into greed and stuff like that, we wouldn't be human. Um, so there's a lot there's a lot of looking at, uh, at us as like dumb puppies. <laughs> you know, they look at us like we're really it's understandable. <laughs> if You've seen entire civilizations develop. Yeah. And become. It's like, oh, look at this one. It's so cute. It hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, at night, they are ambushed by the deviants and fight to, to fend them off. Icarus and Cersei are officially attacked by one of the beasts, but she uses her powers to transmute it into a tree to everyone's surprise because she usually can't affect organic matter. As Athena begins to fall insane again, Gilgamesh rushes to her side. However, this allows the deviant general crow to attack him and absorb his powers gaining a humanoid figure intelligible speech and his memories that was freaking weird and he still looked like a great blob yeah i'm like okay they gave him a name fine he doesn't even look like i didn't even know he had a name because they all look like gray blobs yeah if they didn't tell me his name i remember this coming out in like uh toy stuff Cause, Cause, everyone's gonna want a crow, a crow toy, you know. Like everyone's gonna be nobody. Now that you mention that, no, nobody's buying these toys. No. These Eternals toys no. are sitting on shelves. That's a bad sign yeah. for the future of this franchise. <laughs> like I don't know, man. It, it's weird. It totally works as an elder statesman story. It totally works as a world building narrative, but as a punchy, like video game toy thing property, it doesn't really. No. lend itself to that stuff you know are you is it gonna be a maybe maybe there's gonna be is it what was that game that you used to put the puzzle pieces in the in the in into like the board and there was like a timer no there was like a timer and if you didn't put the puzzle pieces into the board at the, at the right time it would pop up oh man i know exactly i know exactly what you're talking about i i maybe i have it on my Maybe they need a game like that for the uh, egg, for the Earth egg <laughs> and the Celestial. Oh my God. <laughs> like you have to do something before it busts open, the emergence happens. There there's a go. mess all over the house. Oh, you got no. Marvel presents emergence. <laughs> a 
oh no mom you've got the mad weary <laughs> <laughs> you're right son stab <laughs> stab oh shit. i'll tell you bro uh um mattel call me so um we're, we're, so this is this is kind of another thing like the transmutation of the deviant how did you feel about that because at the time i was like oh but then again i'm only surprised because you told me you couldn't but yeah you can yeah so <laughs> i'm not that surprised it's, yeah, i, it's I wasn't like, I, I wasn't yeah. like wow she can do it to them too i almost expected it like, yeah it wasn't like it, 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 like you said they she told us she couldn't do it so really that just means she hasn't done it yet <laughs> right right you're so shy cersei you're so shy, girl. You're always telling people you can't do things first and blushing, and then you do it and know. you kill it. She's bashful. She's That's bashful. What That's what it is. She, I think she's still, she's still hurt because her old boy left, you know? She, she, she lost some of her confidence. Um, before fleeing, Crow pledges to kill the Eternals for their actions towards the Deviants. Uh, with his last words, Gilgamesh successfully gets Athena to remember who she is, curing her of the affliction. Did he cure her? Was that cured? No. That's no, what I'm saying. That's not. That's not right. <laughs> it comes back. It comes back later on in the film. Yes, um, but like him being her keeper was done very well. It was. It came off as very sweet. Um, watching him charge up his little punch was really cool on occasion. Um, I, you know, R.I.P. the Gilgamesh character, but I thought he was really, really well done in this. There's a moment we didn't even speak of where he drops a pie. When he hears oh, of a sadness, yeah, yeah, like I felt that. I was like, "That's a pie, bro." <laughs> that was really good. He crushes up the pie container in grief. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, there's a little talk when they're sitting at the dinner table about a Thor, about Captain America, about Icarus possibly <laughs> leading the Avengers. King goes like, "Thor used to follow me around as a kid." Uh, yeah, and now he don't pick up my phone calls. He says, <laughs> <laughs> "Now he's too big. Uh, you know, he's too big, big time. He won't pick up my phone calls." Um, so let's see, let's see. I like to, I'd like that to be true, though. I, I wish, I hope that it is. Well, they mentioned two. Odin as well, right? They were talking about the alcohol was from Odin something. Yeah, because I'm Thor's. What in Avengers they say he's fifteen hundred years old. Yeah, or something like that. That's yeah. young, way younger than the. Uh, so uh eternals eternals right. been here for seven thousand years I, but I can they this. go can they transverse the realms uh, traverse i mean the realms? it'd be thor it would be youthful thor mischievous thor on midgard roaming the fields uh, or whatever right yeah yeah i, I guess we've see. never gotten that right i no, guess that's we, a part we, of it we've, we've never we've seen it in flashbacks and comics but like in the movies they've never shown like kid thor do things have they alluded like uh, i guess um, they may have not out and out said it but i guess without saying it we are led to believe that the events of thor one was his first time on midgard but you like you're just saying 1500 years you would think <laughs> you would stop by i would have stopped by at an earlier point i've never been to midgard before that's really silly oh yeah i hope they don't stick to that because that's like i'm 1500 years old man. Maybe he got his me memories wiped. That's why I'm well, putting everything where on. Where the hell did Odin learn about alcohol then? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> how did the how did the Vikings, the Nordic you know? Vikings, get all their religion if they never got <laughs> if they never came down to Earth and uh, you know inspired them? So the rest of the Eternals mourn the loss of their strongest fighter with the cremation. So the cremation's happening, and I'm like, damn, this is sad. 
And then the guy who doesn't even know him is praying. And I'm like, I like you. The freaking, the freaking, uh, the, the, the assistant or the manager or whatever. Like, he doesn't have to care about any of this. But he's there and he's, you know, he's, he's doing ceremony. And I'm like, I, I mess with you, bro. I mess with you. <laughs> um, Jurek proclaims that he is not powerful enough to affect the celestial. So they decide they need to go to see Fastos because he was always great with technology. So hopefully, if they go see him, uh, he'll have an idea of how they could make Druid's amplify Druid's powers. So they go to Chicago uh, to seek out Fastos, who has long abandoned mankind and his techn technological ambitions after his technology was used to create the atomic bomb. One of the things that we see early on in the film is that he was trying to make humongous leaps in technology for them. At one point, he wanted to give them a steam engine uh, way before they were, we were ever going to create it. Um, actually, we were on, he ends up giving us a plow. So that shows you where <laughs> how far we were uh, with things in that time. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a kind of poignant shot of him, you know, in the ruins of Hiroshima, Hiroshima, and you know, dealing with the effects of the atomic bomb and wondering, you know, it, it, why, why ever give us anything if this is what's going to be the cause of that. What'd you think of that scene there? What'd you think of that mindset that he abandoned mankind uh, because we just can't get right? I thought those were very real questions. I really like that. That was something that he had to deal with because it's like, man, I just want to help these people, but they just keep on doing this messed up stuff. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's not. I love, uh, I love to see that kind of uh, existential stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you know, not, uh, a quick aside as somebody who's been in the military, we've gotten really good at coming up with ways to kill one another. Like our inventiveness of that. We we're always constantly finding ways. As far as like lengthening life, we have not put our minds to that too much. It's always been about like the quickest and most efficient way to end life. And I can see if you if you're watching us like a judge or like Fastos where you've lived long enough to see these cycles continue, I would question it as well. You know? Um but something that you as a father may also relate to he says he found his newfound hope for humanity is in the life of his family in finding new life with his husband and his son um and that is what has imbued him with this new kind of optimism towards the idea that maybe not all humans are trash does that sit with you yeah anyway? no i uh 100 i bet i mean personally i <laughs> i do a lot of thinking sometimes and I, and I think back on uh you know i'll be i'll be really high and I'm like yeah. thinking about human history sometimes, and I'm just like, man, like, what, like, what even? Everything, it's everything is just a cosmic mistake. So yeah, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing in the rule book that says like humans are like supposed to be. You know, like there's not yeah. like we're we're supposed to be. This is ours. Like, and then it's like when you look at the things that we've done and the way that we harm our own planet and like the way that we harm ourselves, and it's like mm -hmm. it's so paradoxical and it's so weird. And it's like, are are we like a mistake? Like, I start to think like, man, this whole species is like a freaking mistake. This is like, yeah, we're the outliers, know, right? We're yeah, the, like, we're the outliers. A virus almost. And it's like we're like ruining things. Maybe we don't belong here. Like, yeah. and. And then I have a, a family and I have kids and I have my wife. Yeah. And you kind of see it like, like 
there's good that exists inherently. Like maybe we're not all trash, and maybe if if I'm sure that people do exist that are trash, as we see through fucking history. But yeah. I witnessed it. I see it. I wake up next to it. Uh, it completely changes the investment, <laughs> right? It changes the way you see things. Yeah, the investment. It's like at the very least. And, at the yeah. very least, if everybody else is trash, I got these, and then no, right, no, fucking protect the shit out of them. And also, if you believe everybody's trash, it's also a quick excuse for you to be trash, right? For you to just be like, I'm just gonna be like everybody else. But having a family and realizing that maybe your humanity, humility, your ability to discern right from wrong, those are important things to pass down to the people that you care about, and to you know those those themes and morals and stuff like that. So um, I can see him, you know, getting a new spark of life in this, but. To him, Earth is just his family, kind of, right? Like that, and I, I feel that way sometimes, right? Like my bubble is all I really care about. I know I shouldn't be so self-centered, but you, it, you can really get that way, especially with recent times where everyone seems to be fighting for every reason in the book. You just want to grab your, your circle, your bubble, and get the heck out of here, or at least close the door behind us, you know, and and stick, uh, stick with it. Did you think anything big of this? Oh, you know, the first homosexual relationship in the MCU? I thought I thought the way they handled it was perfect. I thought the way that he found uh the way that he found that the people were worth it was to have a family and to adopt a child because he's an eternal and he probably can't make chi- children the same way with right. humans. So right. with you have that train of thought, you think he has to adopt a child, then I feel like the very next thought is, well, he could be gay. That's great. You know, like, this is great. It's uh, perfect. This is the natural way things happen. You got, uh, when you're fucking writing the story, I mean, you, you think adopt a child, then you think, okay, he doesn't have to adopt a child and be in a natural nuclear family. This is an opportunity to do something different, right. do something uh, inclusive. And maybe it's the Loki of it all, but, like, I honestly believe you know, this is this might be a weird belief, but I honestly believe that the longer you live in life, the the more the waves of hetero and het- and homosexual probably kind of start to wiggle a, around. It's a just bit. a spectrum. That's Everybody what I'm saying. Like, on it. That's what I'm saying. When you've lived for five thousand years, would you re- and, and and you are not a member of this species? Would you stick to such archaic and you and you don't reproduce? I right? thought about that. Because I was thinking about Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Yeah. And I was like, would you classify them as a gay couple? <laughs> and I was like, no, because they really love each other. But I'm like, yeah. but they were not, they wouldn't have sex. You know, Groot doesn't have a dick. You right, know? right, like, right. They're not like sleeping on top of each other. You know, like they're not spooning at night. Right, right. Because <laughs> you know? like, they're another species. Exactly. But they're like a partnership, you know, like a life partnership. If either yeah. one of them chose to, date someone of their own their same sex because of their very unique biology that would be, i would believe that'd be it. something that'd be something different but i mean no like to get like them yeah. <laughs> like rocking and oh yes, yes so yes. thinking of that thinking of that and then you say uh like they're not even they're not even human so like yeah, yeah. so it's like what is it what does it matter it's all just love i saw again people going really hard on the idea that you know he's gay why does he have to be gay why is a black why you know why is uh the black character in this have to be gay and i'm like you are thinking so small in this like expand it all the way out he found somebody that he 
wants to live the rest of his very, very, very perceivedly very long life with. The idea that any of them, same thing with Thor, like the idea that any of them would find any interest in our stumbly, bumbly, <laughs> dumb puppy, <laughs> you know, selves. That's kind of inspiring. That's kind of inspiring, regardless of race, creed, color, uh, sexuality, and all that stuff. So, uh, think bigger, people. Just, just, just think a bit bigger. Um, he initially refuses to leave his family, but relents after Ben convinces him to fight for Jack's future. So he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm down. Let's do this." Um, they head to Iraq and they retrieve their starship, the Domo, from an archaeological archaeological site. And I find because the, the archaeologists were just trying so hard to figure find out anything, this, right? They, what they, is this symbol that we found here? And it's like the whole you—they're just digging on the ship, like, and they're up. finding like 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 minuscule bones or like a, like a leaf a fossil, and they're like, oh, we we hit the jackpot, and then an entire starship comes out of the <laughs> comes out of the ground, <laughs> and it's like, um, and Macari was just chilling there. Like Makari just chilling on the ship. I think Makari Makari uh, has an easy in and out because it's not like she's been trapped in the ground for eight hundred years. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking because she obviously brought some of the stuff that she found back with her. Um, Is there something to this emerald tablet? She just really wanted it. (laughs) But I feel like when you when you talk about things like that so much, it's like it it makes me wonder, like what the hell. Is there a uh, president for this? I think, I think, unless they're referring to like the real emerald tablet, like the emerald tablet, it's a uh, oh 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 the actual, actual right, that's right, an right. actual historical uh, artifact. That, that'd be like me saying that'd be like me saying, oh this this Excalibur thing, like it's got to be something, right? Excalibur, like you know, Excalibur wasn't real. <laughs> it's a real story. I guess I, I think I think it's ironic that you said that because in this movie. The Excalibur reference actually is a set. Yeah, it is. For, yeah, it is. It, no, it totally is. Later on, <laughs> it totally is. but do they leave Excalibur on the ship? Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, right? yeah, they did. Because she didn't. She doesn't use those regular swords. Uh, right. A, a the, or I was gonna say uh, Athena. But See, and she the, says that in this movie, right? She's like, take the take the uh, out. It's yeah, just take Athena. out the A. It's just Athena. Yeah. Pina does not use normal swords. She uses those light construct swords. So yeah, she definitely yeah. left it on the ship. Um. Okay. So they yeah, she's on the ship. They're all imbued with Jurig and Makari. I was gonna say they. Oh were yeah, nice oddly, little couple. Nice they little were a couple, couple right? And I and I thought to myself, man, but are they all separate? But I forgot she's so fast. They could just see each other whenever the hell they want. Yeah. Like they absolutely would be a couple. But he also looked like he hadn't seen her in a while. Yeah, there was also a little bit of that tab- as well. He mentioned the green tablet. Yeah. And I, come on, stop being haters. They were looking at them like, is this a thing? We don't want this to be a thing. Chill the hell out. <laughs> don't be a hater. Let my man Druid, you know, she a little fast. You feel me? <laughs> that used to mean something different in my hood. She a little fast. You know, she, she a little fast over there. Um, So Fastest proposes that because they are all imbued with infinite cosmic energy given to them by the celestials that they channel their energy into druig and form a unimind so that he can take control of the celestial and stop the emergence um he's going to create like these bracelets and stuff when he first did through the bracelets up i'm like are they alluding to like the 10 rings might have a, <laughs> my, that's the first thing i thought i'm like is this like a 10 ring thing wait a minute but it, no it's a bracelet they're bracelets um what do you think of the suit up 
procedure? Oh, the, standing uh, there in the like it was it was uh it was very it matched the movie. <laughs> yeah, it matched it matched the tone of the movie. It's very soft and elegant. It wasn't like flashy, like suit up, gang. It was like, um, so they yeah decided this is gonna happen. Um, this is also a very weird moment. Oh, I guess we should also mention earlier. Kingo mentions that he kind of figured out what Sprite's deal is. She is the Tinkerbell in this Peter Pan story is where I, how he puts it with the idea being that uh, Sprite digs Icarus, but no, she can never be with him because she looks like she's 12 and thus has a permanent kind of, you know, animosity towards Cersei who's able to have all the things that she wants. I'm sorry, but the idea of the Eternals being blank and then just realizing like, what's this feeling? Like I'm horny as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck it's so weird because it's so weird like why would they feel this <laughs> like i don't I, know I, we should have had a scene where they tried it out for like a a, a week and was getting stares in the street and shit like we should <laughs> we should have we, we got a scene where people Cersei, were to... okay so maybe maybe the sex scene was necessary <laughs> yeah that, maybe we needed to establish that eternals can bang because like right. I I I feel like it's such a weird thing. Like like, why are they? Why do they have these feelings? She does like, say start a family, right? Doesn't yeah, she no, say she that's will. one of the things she wants to do? Yeah, the humans and their lives and their starting families. It made her want to. But I'm like, what? Damn, what? 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 It must have been such a funny moment the first time the Eternals saw someone banging and realized. Yeah. I want in on that action. Oh, not only that, they must have seen like some of the most primitive banging, like some of the, like, the caveman oh. banging. Like, Why is he doing is that? He? <laughs> I don't know. She seems to be enjoying it. And she, so, so does he, I think. He's got a funny face on. <laughs> oh, it's Fa over already. Fasto, stop looking at him. <laughs> stop I can't. <laughs> I don't these, know what's happening. These humans might be worth it after all. <laughs> They're special. That's, all They're right. special. That's what Ajax saw. Ajax got the Spice Channel and was like, you know what? I can't leave these guys on their own. These guys like, that's really big. Yeah, no, he's... they're special. <laughs> these people are special. <laughs> uh, so I say all that because during this vote where they decide whether or not they want to do this to put the celestial to sleep sprites like we should ask icarus because he's the strongest and icarus is like well no actually cersei's the leader and sprite gets pissed off and is like well you should have been the leader or whatever and like walks off or whatever and kingo says i'm with you not he didn't say i'm with you to the end of the line but something very similar and icarus says i'm not the man you think i am and walks away and he said, he said he said something like, uh, I'll follow you to the end like I always have. Yes. And it was the same exact thing. Like, uh, Why do you think that is? You think that. they just know each other too well? What was that about? I think it's just, you know, 7,000 years, the same word combination That's just happens saying, to come yeah. up. And he's just like, oh, bastard. You didn't have to say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you triggered me. So we, we then get the reveal that six days prior, um, Icarus had actually, you know, met up with Ajax. Ajax, Icarus already knew since Spain that about the emergence. 
He knew since then. That's why he left Cersei so many years <laughs> Six ago. Six days ago, he was told that in seven days, the emergence yeah. would happen. Yes, that it was happening. That it was happening. And he was down. And he was like, well, this is what's meant to happen. This happens over and over again. And so Faith. that. Faith, the underlying story of the whole film, right? Yeah. Faith. Yeah. Uh, and questioning it. and He's described should. as a heretic. He's described as just like a, a fully devout, you know, Irish. At one point. Um, like Ajax embraces him and is like, I, I led you down the wrong path. And then he does the uh, uh, Scar Mufasa thing and <laughs> throws her off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, and feeds her to some um, deviants that were trapped in ice and now have resurfaced due to global warming. You know, <laughs> we did that. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, we totally did. Um, but somehow this, these deviants were able to absorb powers of eternals i don't think that was exactly explained but they didn't explain that at all because they were like what's going on with the deviants they've never tried to eat eternals before and then yeah. they just were <laughs> yeah they, they just, just stab and they can they can they can stab you take your energy and then stab each other and shoot energy into each other <laughs> yeah that was really fucking you see what i mean there's all this weird stuff None yeah of it even remotely eternal uh, or deviant. But again, I'm yada yadaing through that because my more important thing is like the homeboy is devout. Like homeboy is, he's not changing his his uh, mentality when it comes to this. And because of that, because of him being such a firm believer in Arisham and, and, and this whole plot, he ends up killing another eternal, you know? And then takes her body back and... and the, the destruction that we saw that we thought might have been a, because of a deviant was because he f- got angry at the fact that he had to do this and uh, kind of lasered up some things over there. Um, Cersei senses the commencement of the emergence. So they send Makari out to go find Tiamat, where he's going to emerge from, and it finds out it's in a volcanic island in the Indian Ocean. Um then Icarus shows up and is like, I can't let you do this. You know, there's one point where he said he's getting suited up and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what does it matter? Like, it's not. Are the suits protective? I don't think I don't think they're armor. I think it's like a right? formal thing. I think. Yeah. It's like a formal maybe thing. they maybe maybe it was like him putting on religious robes or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're like, whoa, bro, you're getting a little bit too crazy up in this. Um, But I like that. Drew is like he killed her. Like he did it. Yep, he fucking did it. And um, Icarus didn't just like, like I said, a mustache twirling villain. He was just like, ha ha ha, I did it, and now you guys are next. He was like, I, I, I had to, you know, like I, I, you know, it's for the for the mission, it's for the emergence and stuff. And again, Kingo's still like, maybe we should not try to stop this. That's the thing. That was the thing uh, about the faith uh, theme in this movie. It's mm-hmm. like uh, nobody really. Uh, he, the people that questioned their faith had a good reasoning for it, but there's like, it's very reasonable to not be able to question your faith. Like that's that 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 happens to people. Kingo was the one who was like, "I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm not down with any of this, but I'm not gonna hurt my family either." We so. are we are um, we are creatures that need a narrative to go day to day, or else or else none of this kind of makes sense. Like you just said, it's, it's called a cosmic mistake. You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Why did I just trip? Why did this good person just die? If we have a story that says, well, it's all 
it's all part of some kind of grand plan and makes us sleep better at night other than the idea that because the alternative is that all of this happens because of a gamble and any of it can happen to you at any given time that's way scarier than to believe that you know i think ultimately though uh it's another maybe another theme of the movie like that truth will set you free yeah i believe that was said in the film right yeah yeah it was on the nose as hell but uh, (laughs) the (laughs) truth will set you free is it will it will it will it stings in the beginning but then you can deal with it yeah you can move on and find different purpose you know you you have bigger purpose past what this is here um so icarus uh icarus argues that it is their duty as eternal to protect to protect the celestial cycle of life so that the universe may continue to exist uh when kingo attempts to attack icarus bryce decides to leave with him um, as he does not want to face Ar- Ar- Arisham, but wishes not to fight his friends, Kingo also departs with Karun. And as I told you in a message, like this moment made me like weirdly emotional. Like they <laughs> they all walk out. They're having like this big civil war amongst Eternals that I I I'm invested in. But again, I'm I'm watching as like somebody on the outside. And then the human surrogate turns around and actually genuinely thanks them. For being around, for saving humanity, for all that they've done, and he looks like he's at the brink of tears because he knows that like the world is going to end, like everyone everywhere is going to die. Um, what do you think of this moment with uh with the manager, giving his goodbyes? Like you said, man, he's been so uh, he's been so pleasant throughout the whole movie that 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 sincere moment from him was just like, oh, I felt it. I definitely felt it. Uh, uh, and again, I understood. I, I, I understood uh, Kingo's position, and so did uh, I. Forget the little uh, the producer's name, man. <laughs> I really forget his name. Oh, um, Karun. There it is, Karun. Uh, yeah, Karun's like, man, I get it. This is messed up, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kingo's position is the same thing as some people who are like, I'm not Democrat or Republican. Like I don't want to, I don't want to vote, and I don't want to fight with the eye. But then other people are like, "Well, inaction is not, you know, inaction is an action in itself, or whatever kind of shit like that." So, I I totally get it. Sometimes you just want to take yourself out of the fight, especially if you don't feel like you have a dog in it. Now he um, meant that, and he did not come back. Yeah, they see him <laughs> later really on. <laughs> yeah, they, they think really you're right. Um, Thena convinces Cersei to continue Ajax's mission as her successor. Um, and prevent the emergence from eliminating all of mankind. To facilitate the Unimine, Fastos takes Cersei's communication sphere and disassembles it to construct bracelets for the other Eternals to wear. Um, at the island, Cersei, Thena, and Makari lend their energy to Druig to allow him to connect to Tiamat. These are a lot of weird names. But Icarus knocks him out and destroys the Domo. I was a bit sad that the Domo got destroyed. And at the end, they're like, we fixed it. <laughs> we fixed it all. all We're eternals. We fixed it with our wavy hands. Yes, we fixed it. All, all good. All good on the Western Front. Um, yeah, so destroys the Domo. Determining that Cersei's matter transmutation powers are their last chance to stop the emergence, Makari, Thena, and Fastos confront Icarus to give her cover. So they're all like, oh, Icarus is the strongest, but those Fastos handcuffs kind of seemed to work pretty well on him engineering man engineering it's uh it's a beautiful thing 
I yeah. thought it was great seeing Makari uh, versus uh, Icarus because it was like a, a lot of Flash versus Superman vibes. I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Uh, Makari's actually raised the Flash uh, in, really? in comics. A, a Flash pastish, if you will. Uh, yeah, okay. Af- after Crisis on Infinite Earths, DC wasn't using Barry Allen. But uh, okay. one of the writers at Marvel thought it'd be cute to uh, bring in Barry Allen. Like, he had like long hair, long blonde hair, okay. and his his outfit had been speeded off, but he still had the yellow boots and like uh, torn red pants and a yeah. yellow belt. And he's like blonde hair, but it's long because he's been running for so long. Right. And uh, he gets to race Makari, and he's faster. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen that the actress has kind of been getting dragged because she said that why? Because she said they asked her about the Flash thing about you know her versus the Flash. And she's like, oh, yeah, uh, Makari's way faster than the Flash because Makari's faster than the speed of sound. Uh... Yeah, that's what everybody, that's what everybody did. Everybody's like, um, the, Flash, the Flash is faster than the speed of light, uh, and light is faster I than sound. I actually so, got stuck because... <laughs> you know, she's the first deaf actress in the MCU, and her her, her thing was like speed of sound. And uh, it's like, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, yeah, is, is she, she joking? Yeah, she was she have... kidding? <laughs> I had a control. Uh, but yeah, I saw some yeah. of that up, and I'm like, uh, but no, so, sorry, up. sweetie. The Flash yeah. is uh, been proven faster than yes. Makar. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, they they like you just said they're jumping him, they're whooping that that ass. Um, I like Thena and Icarus. I like them fighting. Like she seemed very excited to whoop on him, um, and bring out you know her Wonder Woman sword and shield kind of stuff. Um, and then because you forgot about him, Yogi Crow shows back up. He's like, hey guys, <laughs> remember I said I was gonna come around and kill all of you. Motherfucker nice. had no name. He was nothing. There was nothing different about him. Oh, uh, my head is shaped like a person now. That, and I can speak. Uh, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, I thought I saw that afterwards. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> I didn't know he was in the movie at all. They didn't want to put him on the promotional tour, <laughs> I guess, because it's like he could have just been right there. But um, Crow attacks the Eternals and wounds Makari, but is knocked into a cave where Thena follows him. Uh, Sprite projects an illusion of Ajax to distract Cersei. I'm like, everyone knows this is fake. I know it's fake, and I'm not. I don't even know these people for this long. She's dead. Yeah, she died. You buried her. What do you think about the the stabbing? Uh, I thought it was. <laughs> I just. I. I was just like, man, why does nobody ever like stab stab them where they can kill them if they in really the head, like, like right in the back in, of in the, the head. head. <laughs> you do it in the head. Why would you stick it in her kidney? It would have been that and then an explosion of earth and then credits. <laughs> She's like, if I stab her in the kidney, I've got two I've got I've got a few minutes to monologue. hundred percent. I'd really like to do that. hundred <laughs> percent. And the thing is like Cersei like just kinda like she makes the blade into like, water. Oh. She sat there for a minute and I was like, Oh, this kinda hurts. And then once she was able to get up, all right. She was absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Um, But like you said, you know, because she was constantly mocked for her childlike stature, Sprite envies Cersei for being able to live a full life among the humans, including banging Icarus. Uh, So she's hoping that the emergence aftermath will allow her to be reborn and start everything 
over again. Um, and then she learns that, you know, in rock, paper, scissors, why rock is so powerful because she gets hit over the head with one wow. by my man, Druig. Oh, I should also mention that Icarus tried to bury Druig like into the earth's core with his laser beams. He was like, Druig is dead. No, he's I was, not. I was like, no, we, I was like, we did not see him die. So he is not dead. He didn't even look at... dead when you left him. No, <laughs> no, he'll get back up. Um, so uh yeah but he he can't use his powers because he's a bit weak now so they need to do the unimind but cersei has to or they you know not the sleeping unimind but cersei has to kind of figure out what's going on with this um crow impersonates gilgamesh and attempts to take over athena's mind this felt like a bit of nuance that like felt like a seed of something they wanted to go through with with this whole like you're not so different you and i were both fucking you know creations of a of a bad creator and we're just on different sides of the same coin. You guys disrespected us, so now we're gonna disrespect you. Kind of stuff. Into that. They no, didn't go into that enough. The deviants didn't look distinct enough to even feel that. It didn't yeah. feel that way at all. They felt like two completely different species. It, they they failed on that. They dropped the ball on that entirely, one hundred percent. We did. I, we did yeah. see that guy in Mesopotamia get chomped early on <laughs> with the guy that was just fishing. And he just gets chomped, and the the kid's like, "Up, oh, well, it goes, Dad. This is eighth relative this week, getting <laughs> chomped by these damn, uh, damn things." Um, she's able to resist him and kill the deviant. I did say, "Oh," when she does like the cold, the whole, uh, I like that, yeah, I like thing. that. And then, and then I'm like, "Why are they focusing on his head?" And I can see it kind of shifting. I'm like, "Oh, they're about to do it." No, and I then, watched too much anime. I've seen this. I've seen this before. I already know he's in eight pieces. <laughs> yep swiss cheese he gets me into some swiss cheese uh and that's it that that's crow even though he was right <laughs> he's crow nuggets he's chicken nuggets Crow nuggets. <laughs> he was correct he was right in everything he said about you know the the hubris and the and all that but he's dead so it doesn't matter <laughs> anymore <laughs> i think if you i think that that theme that part of the story right there is just entirely lost i think maybe i i think she might have made a much longer movie. Like we might yeah. have another Zack Snyder situation. <laughs> like somebody's totally. story got cut here because they're like, we don't make three-hour Marvel movies, right? <laughs> or we right. try not, not to. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. I it totally felt like this was a drop plot point, and then they had to just kind of figure it out. So Athena, you know, sliced them up. Um, Fastos manages to restrain. Icarus and prevent him from using his powers momentarily, but he eventually breaks free and flies off to stop Cersei. However, he is emotionally unable to bring himself to harm her. I'm kind of glad that that happened. And again, you, you he saw her butthole. I get it. Once you do that, once you see the chocolate starfish, it's it all goes like, downhill from here. Damn it! I can't. I can't. I keep thinking about it. You don't <laughs> get it. You don't get it, Fastos. <laughs> right, you really so don't. You really don't. <laughs> no, I do, though. Uh, no, I, no, totally I do. do. I, 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 may, I may be do. the only one who does. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Sprite got... Uh, oh, no, let's talk about this. Okay, so, yeah, so... Um, did, you, oh, did, you, did you buy this? Did you buy this moment of, of yeah, reluctance? Yeah, because they had already seeded that he had issues with what he was doing. I agree. Like, even if he doesn't agree with them, he just didn't want to be doing this. He didn't want to be killing anybody. He didn't want to be fighting. 
his right. own uh, brothers and sisters, really. I guess they kind of gave that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they were banging. So right. <laughs> uh, his family. His, yeah. his bang his banging family. His Alabama family. <laughs> Yeah, he already he already got they already had established like he didn't want to be doing this. I, I I did buy it. And and as soon as he started feeling remorse, I was like, I know where this is coming. <laughs> the flashbacks? I, no, no, no. Like I because the his name is Icarus. And I was like, I know where we're going with this. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly where we're going with this. Um, um, I like the I like the flashbacks through the generations. It was something kind of teased in the trailer where you could see that this love, you know, spanned multiple generations. Um, he surrenders. Uh, Cersei unites the Eternals into the Unimind and attains enough en- energy to transform Tiamat's body into ice, which is a bad idea because of global warming. Should have just been more marble. I thought it was ice, right? But then they're like certain that he died. Yeah. Is it not stone? Right. I thought it was marble. It looked like marble to me. Like marble or stone or something? Right. It feels yeah. like they just created like a new island. Right. <laughs> like, Why wouldn't you just make him into water? I don't think that she was able to. Then he just becomes one with the ocean and tie him out. See? You flood the planet. He's oh, so my God. Big. You're right. He's yeah, so he big. Was- but what is this big ass rock doing now in the middle of the of the world? It's it's what weird did he break? What did he break yeah, to, to get that up. far yeah. out? And is the core in his hands? Like is the core in his hand? Now I don't. I'm not, now you know I'm not that much of an eagle eyed uh, Marvel fan, but we did hear about some underwater earthquakes in uh, Endgame. Could that be oh, this? You got a point there. Uh, uh, you could connect those two things. I think you could. They, they it was in 2023, right? Yeah. Where those underwater earthquakes were taking place. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. I would do I would I would absolutely connect that to each other. It makes sense. Um oh so, no, you know what? No, no, it can't be connected. The underwater earthquakes were taking place before the population came back. With the population, oh yes, Earth, you're right. Tiamat would be entirely dormant. You're right. I wonder what that was then. And another thing is, they say that the emergence was halted by the snap, which is an interesting concept, right? The idea that they have been kind of farming humans <laughs> to get this to happen. And now that there's half of them, they don't exist. The See, question that's cool is too, because like it would have halted emergence throughout yes. the entire universe. Right every uh, emergence everywhere is done but then this is where i have the question then wouldn't then it be paramount for them to stop thanos i think that aramesh was either not aware or just like they expect things to just happen come back around come back around full circle it'll just happen you know it's not they took away half. Well, eventually the population will grow. <laughs> you know, like, that that's it will fair. happen. That's fair, especially when you consider um that the scope of time it's of this yeah. yeah, the scope of time was five years. To them, that's gotta be what five seconds? Less. Less. Like uh, like Oh my blink? god, oh my god. Oh no, it's over. It's all it's all, we're we're gone. You know? What was that? No, that was me. I said, <laughs> Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt some energy here. Oh, um, that was strange. I felt a tickle. It was All like right. a like a burp. <laughs> it's done, uh, huh? Um, so yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense there. Uh, I think 
the visual that they that um which he didn't have to like Aramesh didn't have to put uh Cersei through the tutorial but he put us through the tutorial too so I like that <laughs> um the visual of just like the hand being so massive that it just breaks out of the earth's crust into the that atmosphere cool. kind of stuff I was like damn we really we're, so we're going big, there man. we're really going there oh, man. his head popping out of the ocean and now it's stone or ice or ice stone um this got to be something that's going to be in the other movies right like people have to like pass by this <laughs> it's a landmark now <laughs> that's what i'm saying Earth. yeah it's a celestial head a full-ass celestial head yeah and the fingers like that's got to be a thing that we see in other movies i want to see that yeah i just want to see it i just Re- want to fly by it religions have been based on less okay i okay we're 26 movies in when we do these establishing shots and we fucking pan over the whole city, why the fuck don't we have six heroes flying through the through the air? Yeah, you know, like this, this at this point, Spider Man should be at least swinging something. Somewhere, it doesn't yeah. have to be more than a second, and it, yeah, and it doesn't come off like oh, now I have to watch those other movies. It's no. just like birds, like like birds flying. We you don't have to watch a bird movie. To know right. that birds, that birds fly, yeah. you don't need an origin no, like, story about the bird to know why yeah. it's flying. It just flies. The yeah. Earth is populated. Let it be populated. And this yeah. may be one of the first things that you know. Hopefully, fingers crossed, that carries over into the other films as evidence that this occurred in yeah. the universe. You know, it's just I, every single thing, every single piece of crossover is like so contrived. And everything it just makes it feel like, like it's like it's fake. Like it doesn't feel real. Like everything yeah. feels so separate when it needs to be separate and connected when it needs to be connected. You know, it's like it's as simple as you know we panned over New York City and a cape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, like anything. And the name drop's not enough. Name dropping events and people are not enough because it's like then why weren't you there? You don't <laughs> have to like that's my thing. You don't have to name drop because that no. makes it complicated. You don't right. have to do anything. Because then you got to explain why would yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, all that stuff, right? Right. And they like the snap thing is referenced very lightly in this. Like they uh, Ajax mentions it once. And I think um, it is cool, though, because it's it's like the snap is not mentioned too much, but it's still it's also a catalyst. Yeah, it's for the for the deviants or whatever. And for Ajax being like, you know, they're very special. They brought everyone back. Yeah, like we 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 didn't have a like a timeline event. Like this is probably the next biggest timeline event from the Battle of New York. Like that was the one first one I remember everyone referencing at various points. Um yeah. and now the snap is the is the continuity. You know, like there's phase four is post snap, so everything is affected by that as opposed to everything starting fresh and brand new. Even uh Shang Chi was dealing with some of the effects of that. So that's interesting um so yep he's turned into stone guilt ridden icarus apologizes to cersei before fleeing the earth and flying directly into the sun yeah i saw that coming a mile away six miles away so him like, him dead or how does that work he's dead yeah he's dead he flew into it he flew into the sun that man okay. is melted him him dead <laughs> uh, i guess he's not all the way superman <laughs> he failed that no. he failed yeah, that he, test fa- right he failed there. that test my uh, Superman flies into the sun and fixes it. That's it. <laughs> Speaking of which, what do you think about the DC and the DC ca- uh, cameos, the name drops in this Batman, Superman? It was a, it was. I've always thought that the Marvel universe had like comic books and 
and DC was entertainment to them and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have like, because like there would be two companies in, in each universe. So it's like the fictional characters are DC, but then we also write stories about our heroes that we in see every Our day. heroes. Yeah. In Marvel. And Stan Lee played different and, people in the MCU. So he, yeah, I don't think he exists in the actual Yeah, so it's world. weird. It gets weird. Yeah, it yeah. gets very weird. <laughs> but it, it's cheeky, it, it, it's cute. I was about, to, I was just about to say that it's like there's a rule of cool, <laughs> and there's also a rule of cute, and they're playing with the rule of cute. It's just cute. No one really cares about doing the math. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just a nice little uh, callback there. Um. So, what's fun? This was also kind of like a little bit of a, like, uh, uh, yeah, sure. So, Cersei just has some residual memory. I mean, a residual energy, sorry, from the Celestial. And it's like, I can make you a human if you want. <laughs> Even though you just stabbed <laughs> the shit out of me. This was so this was so funny because I'm like, okay, in the, I didn't think they were going to go in this direction. But in the comic, what Sprite has done is like irredeemable. Like right. you almost summoned a Celestial on us. You know, like. You right. You betrayed us. You lied to us. You lied. All that. So they go and they hug her. <laughs> And snap her neck. <laughs> you gotta. I'm sorry. Like, Could you, you imagine that moment? Could you imagine and I was moment? like, she sells her like, you know, I got some energy left. I was like, that's very convenient. Are they about to snap her neck? Yeah. Like, I've got some energy left. Snap. Give me, come here real quick. Give me a hug. <laughs> Give me a hug. But no, but I kind of knew we weren't gonna go there. But I just thought I laughed to myself like, oh shit. We're, we kind of teased it by not doing it. Like, we gave the moment, and and, the, and there was a fork presented. <laughs> Do you think we see uh, Sprite again? I don't think we have to see Sprite again. I think that uh, where they left this movie at, I don't know that we have to see everybody. I don't even know that we have to see an Eternals 2. Right. I think these threads can be picked up in other films. They're going to go... Uh... Batman, Batman with it. We're gonna have Eternals, and then the Eternals will be part two. Oh no! <laughs> uh, I one thing is, if she does show back up, now they have an incontinuity reason as to why she would look different, because the actress was young. So now <laughs> when she, yeah, so now when she, you know, I like that haircut. It's nice spirited pixie haircut. The pixie haircut, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice, nice spirited pixie haircut there. That's because um, the Tinkerbell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, which she could have inspired in many ways. Hmm. Seeing as she predated all those folklores. Anyway. She's like, uh, no, Peter Pan. I wrote it. What are you talking about? So two weeks later in South Dakota, Thena, Makari, and Juig depart for space on the Domo, which has been repaired by Fastos in order to search for more Eternals and tell them the truth. This reminded me of the end of Black Widow as well, where... Uh, they go. Ooh, sorry, they go to find other widows who are, in, you know, uh, around the world. I thought they were funny to go around. Like, we're just gonna tell everybody the truth. Oh shit! <laughs> like, yeah, okay. like now you're like reverse religion, Is that right? <laughs> yeah, now you're like the reverse religion. Like they're gonna be like the Jehovah Witness of the yeah, galaxy, okay. and they're knocking on people's doors. <laughs> like, hey, can I talk to you guys about Aramish? <laughs> he's, he's a lie, bro. He's, he's lying. lying. Aramish, the liar, the liar. <laughs> the liar. <laughs> um, 
So, and then back in London, Sprite bids goodbye to Cersei as she moves out with Kingo to attend school. Okay. Uh, so she's going to go live with Kingo. Yeah. Okay. I was like, where is she going to live? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they showed her with uh, Kingo's assistant. And I was like, is he going to be like her mother? And like, what's going on? And his right. man, he better not be her damn butler. <laughs> he's, too, he's too good for that. And I want to see, what was it? One of his movies. Uh, those movies were ridiculous, too. I can't fa- <laughs> Phantom Soldier like or a, something. Your favorite movie, The Power of Love or something. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. 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 Was, there's no bigger duty than to protect one's family or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Cersei is out on another day with Whitman. Walking around, talking about crazy stuff now. And probably the most impressive shot in the film happens. The whole sky turns dark, and you see fucking. I, I laugh because because I would have cried in real life. You just see Arisham poking his big ass head through the Earth's atmosphere, pissed, absolutely fucking pissed. Um, and he's right outside of Earth's or- orbit, and he pulls Fasto, Cersei, and Kingo off of Earth. And says that he will evaluate their memories for a final judgment of the humans, but he'll spare them for now. I thought that was so cool, man, because we've seen the shot in comics and we've seen it in cartoons where it's like the being is so large that you don't see what they are from Earth. You can only see their head or whatever in the atmosphere. Like That's scary as hell, first of all. And then when they pull back and they show his size like compared to the planet it is absolutely nuts it's so, so freaking yeah. crazy his it's, mode of transportation is like black hole boom yeah. i'm like oh my god that's so it, fucking it, cool it's so far behind anything we've ever seen it's so like this this changes the game completely we were worried about people our height maybe a couple feet taller with a with gloves and and stones the giant man giant yeah. man was just 60 feet tall that's it <laughs> And like the people bug the hell out. I would bug the hell out. Everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, what do you think about this? Has this happened before? The abduction of the Eternals? I think I think we've seen uh celestials come to Earth and snatch people up or for whatever reason fight the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh but um I was just I was just so I, I actually thought like are we not done with this movie? Because I, I thought, thought it was like, gonna happen right then and there. I thought he was doing gonna this literally now, but it's like, like no, I'm gonna look through your you. memories. Wow, you guys sure banged a lot. You guys get to keep her. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't expect this movie to finish on a cliffhanger. Like uh, I was like, oh, that's bold of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's very bold to assume that they're gonna let you do another one. <laughs> that's fucked up. Which I, makes Bright the only la- lasting tether to all this, right? On Earth, yeah. Right now, yeah. All the Eternals are missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be pretty wild going forward in the MCU, knowing that the Eternals are out there with the Celestials or uh, plotting. <laughs> you know what's is, happening? Is there precedence for Arishim having to judge Earth? Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, they when they gave him the name, that was the thing. Like in real life or whatever. Yeah, he, that was how he debuted. Uh, but it's always it always goes back to the Eternals versus Deviants thing. Do we judge the Earth based on who? Like your own mistakes, you pieces of crap. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you're judging the Earth. You're the ones who messed it up. 
A hundred percent. Yeah, I did not expect a cliffhanger in this, but I'm down. I'm down for a sequel. I'm down for part two. Um, I I like just this level of gravitas to all this kind of stuff. I like the street level stuff too, but get weird with it. Get confident with it. Let me see these humongous concepts and and characters. It's so worth it. I'm I'm glad that we've we've gotten here. You, there's no way this could have been the f- the first film in the MCU. You know, kind of wonder if. Like going forward, is it going to be like one big story? Like, are we leading to one big story? Like right now, like is this Eternals thing the big story, or is it like many stories? <laughs> well, the thing that's crazy is that we've been we've been, especially with the TV audience, focused on a reality slash time threat, right? Yeah. With Wanda and Loki and all that stuff that seems to be coming from there. A multiverse of madness, No Way Home, Venom. They all seem to be pointing towards something completely different. I'm not not smart enough to understand what Celestials mean to the multiverse. Like, is there another Arishim? Yeah. Well, it might might not be like multiple Arishims, but every universe has Celestials. Okay, okay. I was just yeah. wondering, like, yeah, should we be like worried about memories and all this other kind of stuff? It could be, it could be something like that. We could, in the MCU, they're gonna try to streamline things. Yeah, they might make it so that the Celestials create, you know, the multiverse. They're the constant. You know, yeah, they might be uh, uh, something outside of multiversal existence. Yeah, I was about to say, I was about to mention the Timekeepers, but I forgot they're not real. <laughs> yeah. like, guys Don't are, fall for the lie, my friend. No, man, they're not real. The emperor has no clothes. Um, so in we have two, two post credit scenes. The first one uh, is the Eternals on the Domo, and they find out that Arishim's kidnapping several days ago. Find out about Arishim's kidnapping several days ago. Several days later, sorry, when their allies fail to respond, uh, suddenly Eros, brother of Thanos, and his troll. Lord companion Pip teleport onto the ship. Eros is the brother of Thanos, like I said, and he reveals he knows where their allies are. He also has one of those fancy smancy spears. Spears. It's played <laughs> by Harry Styles. So you kind of think to yourself, like, is this a gag? Like, are they doing a gag? Right. And it's like, no, Eros. They've got. They're gonna do. They're gonna do big things. <laughs> to like, be fair, Eros likes to bang, and people want to bang Harry Styles. I think that was the true, only casting choice. That was the only bit of casting they did in this. Um, which also makes me think that had they not screwed up the Ralph Boner thing, I think Evan Peters could have probably played Eros as well. That's very uh, cool. Actually. I think Chloe Zhao had her. Uh, she was set on Harry Styles for big, Eros. big One Direction fan. Huge One Direction. Yeah, it's one gotta be. <laughs> um. Are they gonna use his power of <laughs> of suggestive seduction um, in I the MCU? Think they're gonna turn it into the power of influence. She kind of gave that away in uh, in the interview. She okay. kind of said that. Uh, I think she gonna... would, right? Like yeah. you kind of have to get ahead of that and be like, "Oh no, we're not doing that version. We're doing." I you know. think I I swear I feel like she said too much. I feel like somewhere Kevin Feige <laughs> read that. He read that and he was just like, "Son of a bitch!" Right. Like, I can't keep this. I can't keep these people shut. Because <laughs> she says, "You know, 
<clears throat> I really can't wait to explore. Like, not not even I can't wait. She spoke about it in past tense. Like, as they were pitching this movie, they were pitching Harry Styles and the story of Eros. And considering that we only saw Eros for a couple of seconds, and then she's talking about the story that she wants to tell. From that, you can take that he's going to be a major piece in the future. But when she says that we're going to see how he influenced Thanos throughout all these years the way that the in, the way that the Eternals influenced humanity. I was like, uh-oh, she took it one step too far. Like, she yeah. might have said too much. Because you really, during the movie, I'm thinking, they start talking about how the population is a big reason why uh, why Tima is going to be born or whatever. Yeah. So I start thinking, like, you know, Thanos is an Eternal. He's mm -hmm. born... Uh, or half eternal, whatever, however the story goes, you know, uh, he's born to the Eternals of Titan. And the Eternals, I guess I was wondering if they knew the truth over there, too, and if he would have known. And if he didn't know, did Eros and did Eros right. influence the plan? You know, yeah. Did he influence the genocide? Did, did, he, halt, did he halt the emergence? Uh, On purpose. Eros. Right. Yeah. Right. That, that'd be interesting as hell. The, like you see him in this confirmed you see pip in this does your mind immediately go to a storyline does your mind immediately go to where you can see him be used prior to you finding out how chloe wanted to use him i know because the the immediate thing is okay we're gonna find where they are which is like i i'm just trying to figure out like so we're gonna go to where the celestials live right and it's just gonna be like a solo can, can you is that like a is that sphere like a like a phone call thing and that's what i'm saying answer like, the phone <laughs> like, and, like, and i work? don't think that those four characters or five characters can carry a film right so i'm fairly certain like they're going to finish this story somewhere else yeah and that's really weird because i'm like okay now we're cosmic now we're in space and right. we've got a few pieces out in space right now in the mcu we've got nick fury out there with the scrolls caps on the moon now i'm fucking with you <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not hey that damn story yeah uh of uh bucky or nick fury on the moon man on the wall place. really sucks um uh then we have the guardians of the galaxy and thor and they're all out there in space yep. and i'm just like well i can assume that they're going to separate thor from the guardians <laughs> like yes. in the thor movie right but i'm wondering if like guardians 3 is gonna deal with any of this because that's the only thing i can think of right now the only other property in space i feel like it it's might like, be a little bit too serious for guardians right it right. feels like it but then at this point it's like you've had your liberty you got to tell your little stories you know but we're we're at a place where it's like if James, it's time for James Gunn to play a little ball here. <laughs> you right, have right. to play a little ball, right? hundred percent. You're leaving anyway. You're leaving anyway. You might have to tell the story. I need you to tell it, kid. <laughs> like, is I, is Eros a out and out villain or a good guy? He's an or Avenger. Is... He got the name Star Fox from the Avengers. Ah. His hero name. His hero name on Earth is Star Fox. Right. Uh, he got that name from Captain. <laughs> okay, so there's no reason to think anything nefarious with him. No, he's just got a nefarious looking face. Cause he's a he's a flirt. He's a fuck boy. I, I yeah. like I like to call him. He's a uh... and he's Thanos's brother. So you like Thanos? Thanos? He's yeah. Like, what do you think about Thanos. introduction to Pip? I thought it was cool as hell. I didn't uh, I didn't um, catch that it was Patton Oswalt. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. It went right over my head. 
<laughs> I was just like, oh. Wow, these two characters, we get Adam Warlock in Guardians. We're, we're unlocking some cosmic. That's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like the very, the logical thing is we're going into Guardians with this. And it's like, that's But so it's so weird. crazy that they're doing all that. But again, like I said, simultaneously doing multiversal and time and reality breaking stuff at the same time. Like, you don't. I don't think all that needs to happen, but I've heard it theorized that maybe they don't truly know a hundred percent where they want to go, and they're I they're throwing that. concepts up to see what. I sticks. highly, highly, highly doubt that. Like, they, as a man who's mostly high, I believe you're high, highly doubt. I, like, I really, <laughs> I really, really doubt that they're because they had said it when Endgame finished. He said it in an interview. Listen, I your faith in Viking, the judge, is, is is high. I do he said I don't expect <laughs> that we're gonna be telling another uh overarching story the size of the one that we did in the Infinity War. He said mm. we're gonna see a lot of other interconnected stories and then eventually we'll do a a, a wide crossover. So I'm like we all these things don't have to be leading to the same story. But every story that they lead to will leave more foundation for what eventually comes. So if we go and we deal with this story in Guardians, that story can end. More than likely, though, it'll leave it'll leave another piece of foundation for whatever it is that they want to do next. Right. I do feel like eventually they're gonna there's gonna be another franchise wide crossover where everybody comes together. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it's going to be one singular build. It's not like one singular overarching story. Like it's just the Infinity Stone. <clears throat> no, I feel like you'll get the Secret Invasion, the Armor Wars, the Multiverse stuff. Will all Secret event- Wars? Yeah, the Secret Wars. I actually think the Secret Wars is like the real endgame. And there's so many other things that have to happen before you can do something like that, though. A hundred percent. Because there's so many massive concepts yep beyond there gotta show back up yeah you know we need so, fantastic four on the board doom so i can absolutely see them just like right now we're leading to all these other stories that are crossovers too they're also crossovers but they're not of the freaking franchise crossover you know it's like it's the guardians and the eternals it's the spider-man and dr strange or you know like x-men and fantastic four <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shit like that so and eventually we'll get that though it's cool as hell. I don't think that there's throwing concepts at the wall and, and seeing which one we're going to go with, though. I think we're going with all of them. To be honest, this this, this is comics, right? Yes, like, that's what it is. Yeah. Like, sometimes there's a multiversal threat, but Deadpool's time traveling at the same time. He's doing yes. his own thing over, yeah. uh, you know, over there on that side. And, you know, uh, but there's also infighting with the mutants, and they're dealing with that on their end, you know? And so... You, it's like I said, it's the buffet. You pick and choose what you want, but we're gonna get a a big, seemingly a big dessert at the end of all this that they've been planning for. I'm really curious to see what it could be, but we are already playing with big things over here. I remember when the when the idea of the introduction of the Infinity Stones was the hugest concept that was on the table. Now I still remember when it didn't seem real that the heroes would meet. Like <laughs> there you go. Like wow. Like you mean to tell me like Captain America and Iron Man? Like did you see how different the Captain America movie was from Iron Man? Like and Thor and Hulk? Like and they're yeah. gonna meet? And then what's yeah. that movie gonna be like? Like what, what's it gonna be like when they meet? Because that, that's weird. And yeah. then Thanos. Like, I remember when that. Like okay, now we've now they've met. 
what's it gonna be like when Thanos actually fights the Avengers, man? What the heck? Yep. And then the stones, it's been all this escalation. So, like, we're at a place where we really need to set these pieces <laughs> before we can continue because we've gone so freaking far. Yeah. And I feel like there's gonna be a little patience necessary there. And and Eternals was the first test. I don't know that the fan base passed. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope this doesn't deter them. I really hope this doesn't deter think, Feige. I don't think or, Papa or anybody Feige else. is going to change his mood. I don't think. I think he's got faith in himself. I know that Disney absolutely has faith in Kevin Feige and anything he wants to do. Yeah. They're like, you do what you do. Don't even look this way. Right. I, I feel like he's not going to change course or whatever. Yeah. It's just I, like they make so much money too. Like, you don't have to see anything as a flop. Like, all right, it happened. Keep it moving. Next movie's gonna make a billion. It's Spider Man Three. These are episode. These are episodes of our favorite television show, as opposed to, yeah. um, you know, movies that have to stand on their own in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, one of the things that one of the threads that I kind of dropped on this is that there is a thread where Cersei gives Dane a ring that it has his family crest on it, and then at one point tells him to contact. I want to say his uncle. Yeah, you should talk to your uncle. Yeah, before we die. Just before we die, before the end of the world happens, um, Whitman, we see in another in the last post credit, he returns to the museum and opens a case containing an ancient enchanted sword that once belonged to his ancestors. When he's pulled away by an unknown voice, see, now as you said, the director can't keep her mouth shut because this could have been one of the things that the fans on reddit pulled and and analyzed and went through the you know the archives and and like maybe i think it is and it kind of sounds like but the director was like no it's blade (laughs) it's blade it's my favorite character ever Blade. by the Uh, way i saw this on thursday at noob on friday it was blade so (laughs) it's that's how fast oh like she didn't even wait a couple weeks that let us i'm glad you knew though because i didn't I watched the movie Friday morning and I walked out of the theater and I was thinking like who could that be? Could it be Nick Fury? Like what? That's the people the behind place? me said Nick Fury and I was like I don't think so though. It seems kind of weird. But then I'm like he's in space. Why yeah. would he like who the hell? But I know the voice it sounded black. I was like okay, this is a black man. Yeah. Okay, I I got to it's good. it's like I'm thinking like who could it be? It's I'm the like, prowler, bro. and you wrote and you're like bro it's blade and i i was like it's blade like that seems so out of nowhere that i had to i was like let me look up the fucking ebony sword real quick like let me see what the heck this is as i'm going through the history it it turns out that blade did in fact uh have possession of for a little while wow so i was like interesting i was like oh wow okay and then i was like but he is an ebony blade yeah that's great that's also a thing i caught that (laughs) after the fact too i was like ebony blade (laughs) Hmm. a little on the nose there icarus flying right into the sun Um, the truth will set you free. So what I've known about this ebony blade is it like it it kind of causes madness, right? Yeah. Like in its user, it kind of causes insanity or has been known to cause insanity in its users. Uh, you can hear that he was hearing voices from it. And I think I can't remember, but it has a warning on the actual box about using it. It, it moves. Yeah. Uh, he touched it and it has like hair. It had like goosebumps. 
Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's weird. Which in led, the film. which led people to you know to uh, expand upon a conversation we had off air, which led people to jump to the conclusion that this might be the all black necro sword of Null or Gore the God Butcher, um, which was something I, that I don't subscribe to because. Um, I think that that one, I don't know the black Knight ever got that. This could be one of those amalgamation things though, right? It could be one of those yeah. MCU pushing two things together to make things simpler kind of stuff. Um, but I, I, I don't buy it just yet. I have to see love and thunder. I got to see what they do with Gore. If Gore has no symbi it around him, it'd be very weird. Cause that's half of his character design is having that black, you know, the, the sword that created the, all, all that around him. Um, but we're also like we're in this very weird who owns what era of fucking Marvel where it's seemingly Sony's down to move things around. Is was Blade put in that post credit because of Morbius? You understand? Know like, what, what are we really yeah. doing here? I think you have a point there. I think with Venom and with the symbiote, if they were to amalgamate the stories and they made it so that the necrosword and the ebony blade are the same thing then what you would be doing is establishing that this earth already had a symbiote uh it just never became venom yeah it stood on the sword so that when tom hardy's venom tries to connect to the multiversal hive mind uh that would connect it all yeah. you know that could connect all of it i if you wanted to do that i wouldn't be I wouldn't have a problem with it. I think it's um, <clears throat> it's dangerous, though, because I'm like, hey, as long as you people worked it out, and as long as you can tell your full story before they decide to start acting iffy and snatching characters back away. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I'm always worried about. Like, if you start intertwining these things, are they going to be more cooks in the kitchen? Right. You know, like, they're talking about uh, they cast a werewolf for Werewolf by Night. Yes. Yeah. Uh which Blade and uh Morbius and all these these darker uh Halloween. Were they like Marvel the dark the guys. dark stalkers or something like that? There was like a group um, of guys. There's there? there's a group. There's a group Ghost Rider, I, I think also maybe. It's like creatures of the, something it's something <laughs> creature. They have a they have a weird spooky name. Like it's like a Halloween like yeah. This is the occult section of the Marvel universe. You know, like yeah. I get that. That's cool. They've already announced a Halloween special for 2022. Yeah. And there was originally a mistake on an official Blade account, on an official Marvel account uh on Twitter, where mm -hmm. a person where, where they listed Blade as the 2022 debut, October 2022. So I'm like, okay, interesting. What's happening here? Are we really going to start doing an occult Marvel like sec section of films? Or like, why do you think the restraint with just the voice? I I I feel like it's gonna come down to a production thing. Like he was last minute, like a last minute thing. Like, yeah, like we just need him to say something. We have to do it on his iPhone and send it over. Because <laughs> Kit Harrington says they never even told him who it would be, but apparently the voice and that thing that whole situation was written with the whole movie it wasn't like added in okay uh, so, okay good 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 so i imagine it's either a weird covid thing he couldn't make it in we yeah. had him recorded on over the phone you know right. or uh 
or they they specifically wanted to hold off for a reason. Maybe they don't want to show us the look. I was the about to say maybe look. the blade look is going to be up to the director of that. Yeah, that could be it too. Like we want to give the director the ability to do what they want visually. You yeah, know? that could also be it. Yeah, Interesting. it makes sense though. It makes sense now. No, like because I'm my whole thing was like, man, they introduced Mahershala Ali so early. Mm-hmm. They cast him. They didn't have a director. They didn't have a movie. Why? You cast Blade because you had to use Blade before, even before you had a movie. Yeah, there's a big announcement, but no news, right? Nothing. Like no, no. Yeah, that was that's, that. That should have been suspicious as hell. But yeah, when I walked into the Eternals, the very, very last thing I ever expected was to walk out with the debut of Blade yeah. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That is wild. But that that to me imper- perfectly encapsulates the scale and the shifting of it. We go from this humongous threat to the kind of a street level uh, hero, you know, back down to a street level hero. And it's like, we're just going to be ping ponging all around, go back to space. Then we're going to come and chill with Hawkeye for a bit. Then we're going to go back out there and do Love and Thunder. You know, <laughs> like it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, to- I had see all this i had uh i had begun to worry about the mcu right when endgame came out because i was like man they've hit like a real 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 peak right here and i was like i don't know uh what they can do to kind of pull that kind of cultural attention again like you got everybody hooked sure but people are gonna wane it's gonna happen yeah Uh, what what real bangers can they pull out and it's like they have some up their sleeve man the multiversal spider-man thing is gonna get people Blade redoing Blade. Blade is close to many people's hearts. We're doing a brand new version that's connected to everything else. That's like a big deal. That's 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 on par with uh, bringing Spider Man over for some people. Like Blade, we gonna get Blade. Like, and and then in in their back pockets, seemingly, and I know they've said that like X Men is like last on their priorities, but they have the X Men. You think that's so? A damn lie. Damn, why would they ever be? Why? First of all, there's not I Kevin Feige's Mr. Secrets, okay? This guy <laughs> is not gonna be like <laughs> we'll see him tomorrow. Yeah. He'll be like, yeah, well <laughs> it's in the plans. And then they show up in the very next film. Right. <laughs> but the idea that all the players we have on the board are so cool and can go in so many directions, and then in his back pocket he has the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, the reintroduction of the Netflix characters, however he chooses oh to do that, right? Kingpin, give me my man back. Give me, give me Vincent D'Onofrio back. And it's like, and then after that, they have the new cards in their pocket, which is brand new crossover potential. Yeah, so it's like this can go on forever. It must have been the easiest pitch in the world to, to tell money people. Like, so let me explain to you how I might be able to make you money for the infinity. next twenty years, yeah. <laughs> for the next infinite time <laughs> oh my gosh yeah this is gonna be crazy uh before we wrap this up do you have any out of the sky sequel ideas if they were to do this again i mean uh seemingly this judgment will have to take place whether or not it takes place in a sequel or in a subsequent other cosmic marvel film you know it's something's got to go down where I do you see all this going i uh i don't want an eternals too i want the judgment to take place and i want the heroes of earth to have to deal with it I want some heroes on Earth to have to deal with that judgment. I do crossover. Give me a crossover movie now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not saying everybody got to be in it, but make right. it happen. <laughs> or, like, or, or maybe you do a space ensemble. They're stopping our Arishem from coming to Earth, and the Earth will never know that they were saved by 
the guardians of the galaxy who sacrificed themselves right <laughs> right right whatever, you know terrible drax right because that's what we keep hearing i'm <laughs> drax, not coming back drax is going to be the one to like <laughs> jump to in the mouth of, of the eternal and choke him and then he dies <laughs> they're gonna have to get rid of chris pratt soon and he keeps insulting his own children yeah yeah them, <laughs> them, them, those two beautiful healthy children chris just kill, those, them, just kill them all just those, fly the milano into the mouth of a celestial <laughs> while they play free bird in the background <laughs> no listen listen okay so there's some precedents here right yeah. The entire concept of the Celestials were introduced in the Guardians of the Galaxy in the first place. Yes. The Celestials, the story of the Celestials, the head of nowhere. Pete, Pete was half Celestial. Peter Peter. is a half Celestial. Yeah. Bringing the story to them, which is why I think they went to space in the first place, I think is going to bring the whole Guardians thing to an end. Ego's a little shit. He was putting seeds on seeds. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a little shit. He's uh, a <laughs> I think uh, I feel like him and Eros though went to bars together. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they chilled and they went to bars together, bro. They did. They ever show? Uh, uh, sorry. Did they ever show Ego's celestial body? No, they didn't. Right? He just okay. morphed his body to fit with whoever he was screwing. That does uh, gotta keep that in mind that they can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I you, I can just see him and Eros just chilling at a bar. I'll pick up that one. You go pick up that one. Yeah, now that, we, now that we've spoken through it, I'm about 85% sure that's where they're going to. Guardians. It's, it's Thanos' brother, Thanos' fucking Guardians, another daughter, Guardians thing. Daughter, right? His Thanos daughter. daughter come, yeah. come on. All Uncle, these Guardians Uncle concepts. Uncle Eros. Uncle Eros. Right? Yeah. All these Guardians concepts just dropped into our lab. And it's like, I'm pretty sure. And James Gunn was not working on, like, not even starting this shit. Like, it, it was a long time before he could even start working on this movie. Yeah. Besides the firing thing, like there was already it was already far out in the production. Like I think this had to happen first. I'm I'm, I'm more and more confident that that we're headed towards Guardians of the Galaxy after Eternals. Any chance uh, Captain Marvel plays a part in any of this, or she? You think she stays back on Earth for her? Sequel? I think that naming that next movie the Marvels made me think that she's gonna go down to Earth. Yeah, and deal with Earth things because like they they keep doing the thing where it's like, I know I live here, but I've got things to do in space. I'll see you later. They so, keep doing the thing that she's not where she needs to be. Where yeah, she's needed the most. Yeah, so <laughs> right? it's like I feel like when her movie comes around, she should probably come back to Earth now. Like sit down, sit your ass down, and develop some character. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It don't hurt. It does not hurt. I, I'm a, I'm I, I like that. And if that comes out into fruition, we have it recorded here on the Major Issues podcast that Guardians <laughs> is gonna be the next uh tether and it makes the most sense. Like I said, we just connected so many dots. Yeah. It just makes too much sense at this point. Um the accuser, the the judge, it's all it's yeah. all coming it's all coming around, it's all coming full circle. Um next week we'll be tackling why the last man so we're going yeah. to to marvel for a bit we uh, you know stopping the superhero stuff for just a bit we go so big concept we're going to go shrink it down just a little bit um and then we'll be dealing with star girl but yeah i i'm i'm happy this film came out i completely dug it if you've listened this far i'm thinking you've already seen it too unless you really <laughs> wanted to be convinced and get spoiled um but 
just want to thank you guys for listening thus far. We have over 200 episodes of this podcast available wherever podcasts are found. Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcast App, TuneFind, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, and now on Facebook. No excuses, people. If you go to facebook.com slash comic book click, you can get every episode of the podcast so far. They'll be, they'll be released the same, same, the same day as it releases everywhere else. But the one place you can guarantee to find everything, comicbookclick.com. It's the one stop for everything comic book click our merchandise articles written by us every episode of the major issues podcast, including our annuals and our, our one shots. Um, our merchandise at T public, like I said, is, is there uh, original designs by myself. Um, any kind of contribution towards that not only gets you some sweet original merch, but it also helps us keep the lights on over here. If you want to help us a little bit more financially, you can go to patreon.com slash CBC clubhouse. And for little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day, you can help us keep the lights on here and get everything all plugged up and ready to go. I, um, I'm excited for the future of this entire brand. And I think that you know, it's with you guys. We're using, we're sl- taking your energy, and hopefully, our egg is g- about to emerge. <laughs> I know that sounded way dirtier than I wanted it to, but yeah, go to Facebook.com/slash/comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or you can use the hashtag comicbookclick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issues CBC on the Twitter machine. And even though we're sitting here talking about capes and cowls and how they battle it to the death, if you want to see other, if you want to hear other conversations about people battling, I would say every Tuesday, there's a new episode of the Dirt Sheet Radio podcast presented by Dirt Sheet Radio, which Jonathan Escudero heads amongst with other um, alumni of CBC, GT Rebirth, and um, a revolving third member, sometimes Nick. Mostly Nick. I was gonna say it's like a. Um, by this point, Nick has been. Uh, he's been weekly with us for a long time. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I was gonna say it's just like it's just like an episode of Major Issues, but uh, George doesn't get to be on. It's yeah. very weird. It's like yeah. a wrestling episode of Major Issues, and, <laughs> and, it, and it keeps me sane because Cody Rhodes every week. I don't know how I. I don't know how I could do. How I could do it, <laughs> George. I am the America's greatest baby face. What he are you is. talking about? He stopped racism, bro. Look at my dog, and my baby. <laughs> I will always just remember the dog being scared to death with the fireworks. That I'll the never fire. forget that. Like, what kind of dog owner are you? Traumatized. To, how could you not think of that first? Like, I'm going to take the dog out, and then my loud, massive pyro is going to hit. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. That poor thing. So we're the we're the one-two punch. Get your wrestling fix on Tuesday. Get your comics fix on Wednesday. And join us uh, each and every week. I think I've done all the plugs. Sometimes when you do them not in order, it gets kind of confusing. But I think <laughs> it's all there. So I'm going to say my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. It's Jonathan Escudero, a.k.a. Yogi. And this has been the Eternals recap and review. And remember, whether you can fly fly fast or run faster than the speed of sound, (laughs) out of control. Whether you, uh, you know, really subscribe to your religion and are driven that way, remember, be kind. Remember, your sexuality, race, creed, and color do not matter. Remember that the world is lucky to have you because you always got to remember that you, yes, you are worthy.